For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Marie Curley makes the front of uh, this morning's Echo, the head of Cork's uh, Sexual Violence Centre, voicing concern about sexual abuse in the uh, workplace. And while they talk about the corporate world, I think it could be said of all different areas uh, of the workplace and different types of work. She says that um, physical abuse and harassment can take many, many forms. It's a, a lengthy article making the echo. And she says that colleagues are often afraid to back up complaints from fellow staff members. Abuse in the workplace is the front pager making this morning's uh, echo. Um, also, we have a look in the papers this morning with regards to the amount of people who are out of jail, say, for instance, on probation and what have you, and how many of them are reoffending. Well, Cork has the second highest uh, stats when it comes to reoffending in the country, where a third of the people on probation in Cork uh, reoffend within one year. These are stats that are released by the uh, CSO. One would be thinking uh, that prison would be teaching a lesson that you wouldn't want to repeat. But unfortunately, many are willing to take the risk of going back to prison by reoffending. A third of them is the stat here in Cork. Uh, also, the papers this morning talk about how I don't know whether people have just got more angry or more worked up after COVID. I have no idea as to the reasons why you see stories like this in court. But a 76 year old man walking to his local shop in Cork, attacked by another man and struck repeatedly with a length of timber, apparently. It's the story of Jeremiah Long from the North Side who admitted it at the Cork District Court assaulting harm to a 76-year-old neighbour. Now, he got a six-month suspended sentence on condition that he, he keeps the peace, uh, as, as hopefully he will. Uh, but the defence solicitor said in court that the defendant himself is 67 and the two men are neighbours and there was a lot of animosity between them. And unfortunately, we ended up here in court today because of it, said the defence solicitor. But the man who got the suspended sentence uh, she said, had a, a mental breakdown around this time. Uh, length of timber, and he took it to his neighbour, a 67-year-old hitting the 76-year-old with a, a length of, of timber. The papers also talk of that incredibly bizarre story uh, from up the country, which has been breaking uh, overnight. Uh, the death scene uh, involved uh, a man who stabbed another man, then apparently ran away, and he himself then got hit by a car and was killed. Um, A lorry driver apparently stabbed a convicted sex offender to death uh, before being run over and killed after his escape. I'm reading from this morning star, although many of the newspapers carry it this morning, Kieran Hamill apparently uh, was in the house and was disturbed by somebody who came into the house at the same time, uh, having stabbed to death Chris Mooney. He turned to the person and came in and said he had it coming and then ran from the the property... um, I'm not going to go into the gruesome details of what went on in the house. It's too early and too disturbing. But the man that he killed, uh, Chris Mooney, uh, had spent five years in prison after he was convicted of uh, multiple charges of sexual assault against a young boy in 2003. So he fled the scene but was struck by a car walking near a bridge. And this story, of course, from County Armagh and it's making many of the papers today. Other types of vehicular movement make the newspapers as well. Certainly with the run-up to Christmas, the Guardia warning of a crackdown. Not drink driving alone anymore because they have all sorts of new tests now. The latest technology can test for lots of different drugs. It's an on-the-spot test and they get an instant result. Uh, So the new test can test for cannabis, cocaine, benzos, like Valium and what have you, um, opiates, heroin, amphetamines, speed, everything like that. Uh, and obviously, if you test positive for something like that, the driver will be arrested and taken to a guard station and face disqualification. Uh, 
minimum of one year and up to six years, depending, and of course, a fine. So that's why the Mirror this morning is talking about a crackdown on druggy drivers. Years ago, it was just drink drivers. Not anymore. And that's going to happen with the run-up to Christmas. Another story with regards to the run-up to Christmas is that 1.3 million people on social welfare will receive their Christmas bonus payment next week. And I'd imagine there's an awful lot of people waiting for it and have budgeted for it. And in total, that double payment next week will cost the state 300 million euro. Meanwhile, and I'm aware of the issues in Fromoy, and I hope to return to that a little later on this morning with the refugees at the convent in Fromoy. Um, and it actually makes the papers this morning because while there was a protest there, Earlier in the week, there is another gathering at the weekend with people of Fromoy who actually uh, are quite happy and welcoming of people into their local uh, community. It's kind of like a solidarity rally. It makes this morning's echo where they will uh, gather at the front gates of the convent um, because that's, I think, where the group gathered on Tuesday evening. Anti, uh, they're called in the echo this morning, anti-refugee activists. Mind you, those that gather say that they're not anti-refugee at all, uh, but they figure that we've just reached capacity. In fact, Matty McGrath was saying that yesterday, that with the best, best will in the world, we can do no more. There's a story in the Examiner this morning, actually, that says that uh, Norma Foley, who's the education minister, says some schools are nearing capacity in terms of taking in refugees from Ukraine. But at the same time, very much like Michal Martin continues to say, we still have a moral and a legal obligation to continue to accept refugees, particularly from war-torn Ukraine. So more on that perhaps throughout the course of this Friday morning. But the pit bull attack actually has an update to it. Uh, The attack on Alejandro Misan, the little nine-year-old boy down in County Wexford, because apparently that pit bull um, was being kept without permission. Not no permission from the housing authority. I'll have more on that later because I'm trying to clarify exactly what the stand is with regards to Cork City Council and Cork County Council properties as to whether tenants are allowed to keep dogs on the restricted list. But where, where we're talking about in County Wexford, it's not allowed in those public authority houses to keep uh, dogs on the restricted dogs list. And that's why the Independent this morning says the pit bull that attacked the nine-year-old was being kept in the house without the permission of the housing body. Um, and there is um, not just Wexford, but other counties, there are laws where they tell tenants um, you can't keep any animals on the property owned by the councils or what have you, or managed on behalf of the councils if they're on the dangerous dogs list. So more on that is a big response to this actually. I mean really and truly by text, email and phone and some horrific stories being shared by people who themselves have been attacked. Ian Bailey was attacked. Uh, he posted it uh, on, uh, it was a TikTok last night I think it was on, he's moved on to TikTok. He did shout outs on TikTok. I'm not saying that it was shout out related but I'm trying to get the um, trying to get the background to this story. He says that he's battered, bruised and bloody and aching after he was attacked and kicked in the head several times down west along. Ian Bailey posted the video of uh, the side of his face. He said, a lad of about six foot came up to me and was pretending to be a fan of mine. He then became aggressive, tried to grab my my walking stick and I resisted. I thought he was messing originally, but then he said I ended up battered, bruised, bloody and aching. So Bailey was battered and bruised in an assault is the headline making the star today. In fact, other people being assaulted in the workplace is a shocking stat that keeps on going off. John Kearns in the Mirror this morning says that there's been a total of 1,052 cases um, and these would be criminal incidents 
uh, carried out in hospitals across the country against staff. Um, that's up now from 862 last year to nearly 1,100 this year, and we're still not over 2022. And the vast majority of attacks are physical attacks and abuse against doctors, nurses, porters and security guards. How many of you watched Quinn Country? Uh, I watched it earlier in the week and I got a, f- a fair reminder uh, of how things were back in the in the noughties in Ireland when everything went absolutely nuts. But if you were watching it, you will have heard Alan Jukes, the retired politician, make some comments about border people because, of course, Quinn Country is the border country. Um, and uh, I may well come back to uh, the life and times of the Quinn Empire a little later on. But during the show, um, you know, and there was a lot of violence and a lot of intimidation, a lot of aggravation up there at the time when the Quinn Empire was collapsing and it broke into two different factions, those in support of Quinn and those not in support. And of course, Quinn would have said at the time that there were Everybody was trying to take his company away and he had nothing to do with assaults or kidnaps. Uh, but many of the people there during the Quinn con- Country show, you could see evidence of assault. Uh, but anyway, Alan Jukes said on the show, border people have it in their blood. They're living in communities that have a long history of violence of different kinds and they'll more easily turn to it than anybody else will. Now, I was watching the documentary during the week when he said that and I remember thinking, to myself, wow, that's a pretty brave thing to say. I'm quite sure there's going to be some feedback to that. And there was. Local politicians and ministers, Heather Humphreys from the area, got very annoyed with him. He stuck to his guns for about 36 hours, but ultimately then yesterday afternoon, he apologised for the comments Alan Jukes did. He said all the stuff than that, though, uh, with regards to where the Quinn Empire might have hidden money. And I also said, <laughs> when you get away with saying things like that, I mean, he was making, I mean, it's on the record now, he said, ah, oh, there's a, there's certainly a bank account in Switzerland with a lot of dosh in it. And I believe there's even more money in India. So I don't know if you've seen it or not, but um, it's a very, very interesting three-part documentary. The Irish Times tell us that Ireland is ageing faster than anywhere else in Europe when it comes to um, senior citizens. Um, the term old people is rather derogatory, I think. Senior citizens, I always believe, is a better term to use, more respectful. Apparently, there are five taxpaying contributors now for every one person over 65. I don't know why they say that. It's like as if people who are retired never paid tax. It's like if people try and make out that people who are retired are a burden to society, which is not the case at all. I mean, you know, health, uh, people are living longer because there's more treatments now for the things that ail them, if you like. So it's inevitable that people will live longer. I mean, there are children born Babies born today, tomorrow and the day after that will probably live to 120 and 125. That age, and possibly even longer. That age-old argument about the Pogues Christmas song, Fairy Tale of New York, has risen its head again. That's grammatically correct. Has risen its head again. Because the BBC has apparently an alternative version of the Pogues classic Fairy Tale of New York, where they substitute Kirsty McCall's line, you cheap, lousy F-word. I don't say it, but I do play it. Um, and uh, Because I think you, you have to you contextualise it in the times when it was written. So I have no problem with playing the original version of it. But the BBC do have a problem with it. They've replaced it with Kirsty McCall singing You're cheap and you're haggard instead. doesn't quite work really but they've censored it um, and this is apparently on BBC Radio 2 for the first time which is news to me because I thought they've been doing that for years uh, I wonder if other radio stations around the country uh, still play um, the Pogues hit or do they bleep it 
or edit the words of the song, the lyrics of the song. Can you believe this? Just finally, the mirror this morning says, I read this twice saying this can't be right. I mean, this just, it's got to be fake news. One in five people say they will charge Christmas dinner guests for their food and drink this year. Could you imagine doing that? When do you charge? Like when they come in the front door? When do you charge? Like when they've eaten the meal, you go around with the bill or you sit down with the calculator, you take out your phone maybe and you work out how many how much everybody owes. The study by Flora said that 21% of people will ask for a monetary contribution to the festive slap-up meal and the booze that they lay on this Christmas time. In all fairness, 25% said, oh yeah, we would and we'd even charge our own parents. 10% of them said they'd even charge their grandparents for their Christmas dinner. I mean... Anybody who charges for Christmas dinner, that is the last house that I would want to visit for a bit of hospitality. But is it true? Is there anybody out there that's actually going to look for a financial contribution to the Christmas dinner this year? Text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show. Gold winner for interactive speech program at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Course, Red FM. All right, here we go. I got carried away yesterday and didn't get an opportunity to read out any of our uh, Christmas hamper giveaway emails for the Paddy Box. And this is a box full of Irishness to be sent to the four corners of the globe. In fact, you can send a Paddy Box yourself to a loved one overseas if you choose. Just Google thepaddybox.com. Pick out one that suits your needs and get it sent. Meanwhile, I have them to give away with Tato Cheese and Onion and Barry's Tea and Cadbury's Dairy Milk and Jacob's Club Milks and Kimberly's and Fig Rolls and Custard Creams and loads of the old classic sweets and chocolates, including the macaroon bars and the, the wham bars and the refreshers. We've got the old field emerald caramels as well, McDonald's curry sauce and spice mix, Ballymulu relish um, and uh, lots to drink. Club Rock Shandies and have we confirmed the Tanora yet? Can we get a can we get a result on that whether we've confirmed Tanora for the hampers? But anyway, with emails in mind, our daughter Tracy Taylor lives in Maastricht in the Netherlands and has done for the last 16 years or so. She listens to your show every single day to keep up with things at home. She won't get home for Christmas again this year, but I know she'd love one of your Paddy Box hampers. And that's from Vaughan and Mary Taylor in Doris. Very short, very sweet, and to the point about their daughter Tracy in Maastricht. I'd love to nominate my good friend Tanya to be one of your lucky recipients of a hamper this Christmas time. She lives, she lives in Calgary, Canada with her little girl Clara. Clara turns four in December. Her husband's name is David. Tanya's from Buttevant and Dave's from Inishannon. They left for Canada together in 2011. I went to college with Tanya. We've been best friends for years. Our good friend. After living in Calgary for 10 years myself and being away for Christmas, I know how it warms the heart and helps the homesickness with goodies when they arrive from home. They just love a taste of Corkneal, especially to share with their little girl and a few of their Irish friends over there. Uh, she loves the potatoes and a good old cup of Barry's tea. Thanks so much, Neil. No place like home for an expat at Christmas time, says Gillian. Uh, so that's to Calgary in Canada. I'm emailing you looking for one of your hampers from my friend who's originally from Cork but currently living in Sydney. Sydney, she is currently working extremely hard, very long hours as a psychiatric nurse in Sydney. She wanted nothing more than to come home this Christmas for a visit, but unfortunately, Neil, the flights are just way too expensive. 
so she'll spend Christmas in Sydney away from her family. Sadly, she lost her grandmother last Christmas, who was her best friend, so this Christmas will be particularly hard, especially now that she won't be surrounded by family. Beautiful person, I know, and deserves the very best treat. But really cheer her up if you could send them a paddy box to her and it will remind her of home this Christmas, says Nikita by email to neil at redfm.ie. And a few more for you. I would love my son Ben Lynch to receive one of the overseas packages. Ben is 22. He's in the Irish Defence Forces and this is his first trip overseas to the Lebanon. And it'll be his first Christmas without family. It's going to be tough as we, his parents, won't have him home for it with us. But it's even tougher on him. However, he's gone with a great bunch. And I know they'll stick together on Christmas Day in the Lebanon. He won't be home until May. But to receive some goodies from home, I know will give him and the lads a boost. And they know that we're thinking of him and all of the men and women out there. Thank you for that, Lisa, on behalf of your son, Ben, and everybody serving in the Lebanon. My love it for my son, Tony, one of your hampers. As a young man, he lost his wife to cancer in 2020 after a long illness. Since then, uh, he has, Tony has brought up their three children on his own. Twins, Podrick and Bridget, and uh, only three years old and son Thomas, who's five. Uh, Along with COVID, lockdown, travel restrictions in the USA, life has not been easy. He's just been juggling bringing up his three young children while keeping down a job. And he's staying alive to survive. He's forever telling them how good all the Irish treats look and taste, especially at Christmas time. Now, two years have passed since their mother died and their lives have stabilized. But it would be fantastic if you could give them the chance to taste and enjoy some of the nice treats you have in your giveaway hampers this Christmas in Michigan, USA. And that's from Tony's dad, John O'Sullivan, who emailed Neil at redfm.ie. A tragic, tragic story, but Tony soldiers on the best way he can, rearing his beautiful children. We'll have more of those emails. I'd love an opportunity to read some more this side of midday, but if you would like to get involved or get a hamper sorted for a loved one, whatever the case may be, or you're overseas listening and you'd like one, email Neil at redfm.ie. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Just a quick one for you before I go to phone calls. Thank you for getting in touch with me. My email is she got in touch on behalf of my elderly mother who is 78. So my mother is 78, was in the GPO in Cork City uh, yesterday, uh, Thursday, December 1st. Now, that would have been a day when you would have had uh, social welfare being, payments being paid out. It's also a particularly de- particular day that we've dealt with in the past because that's the day that an awful lot of people with all sorts of addiction issues are picking up money. I'm not saying this is related to this email, but they're picking up money and they're being met outside then by drug dealers who they owe money to and so on and so forth. If you're ever down there on a, on a Thursday morning, you'll see it plain as day. Anyway, my mother, who's 78, was in the GPO in Cork City on yesterday, Thursday, 1st of December. A massive fight took place there at around 1.15 lunchtime. Three women, two men involved. It started at the entrance door of the GPO and then recommenced in the main queuing area, which was full of people. All fighting parties ended up on the ground as punches and kicking went on. It was an absolute disgrace. I pity the poor staff in the GPO and the security in there trying to deal with this kind of carry-on. My mother told me there was no sign of guards while this was going on. She had a frightening experience for her and all of the others in the GPO and she vowed never to return there again as it is far too dangerous. Uh, Martin says, our city is ruined. 
I'm sending you this email on behalf of a very shocked mother. Well, it must look like a very different city to your 78-year-old ma'am, to the city she would remember as a a teenager herself or a 20-something or a 30-something or rearing children. At the age of 78, that's her experience of it inside in the city. That kind of carry on. And you are right. You would feel sorry for people working in retail on a daily basis. I was walking down Oliver Plunkett Street the other day at lunchtime and this guy was facing up to this other guy. Um, and I, just as I was passing him, I can't repeat on air what he was saying to them, but the names that he was going, he was right up into his face. Like, you know, this would have been forehead to forehead name calling him. Uh, not necessarily roaring and screaming at him, but very, very aggressive. And I said, got to get a few steps ahead of these guys because this is going to kick off. Don't know whether it did or not, but aggression and tension. So that's a shame. Can you imagine working in the GPO? There are security staff there, the nicest bunch of people, always helping, telling people where they need to go and what they need to do. That's their job, like, not sorting out thugs who are brawling on the ground of the GPO. But anyway, we all know where they belong. In prison, isn't it true? Um, Finbar's out of prison, though, thankfully, and getting on with his life. Finbar, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good morning to you. I know, I know, I know you wanted to t- talk to me about a buddy of yours who's coming out of prison with nowhere to go, but very interested in your own experience in prison. I won't go into the details of why you okay. found yourself in there because it had to do with court order issues. Is that okay with you? Yes. And, and we, So we can't go there by law. But you found yourself in Cork prison, didn't you? I did. I, uh, I did two months in Cork prison and I was then moved to the Midlands prison up in um, Leash. And you have a background of working in the army. That was your career, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Okay, okay. So, it was, yeah. So, I, I, might come, I might come back to that because part of the point no that you were problem. making was that, that those that you were looking after you in Cork Prison, you had actually worked with while in the army. Is that it? Correct. That's correct, yeah. How did you find... And, and how did in, you... Yeah, go on. Uh, and in the other prison as well. It, it, it's very understandable that um, you know, Gardaí will move into the army or army into the Gardaí or into the prison service. Between the three of them, um, people carry on their careers and their pensions into, if, you know, if they transfer into them. So that's fairly, fairly typical. But you, but you were saying to the lads, little did you know, one for a long time in your life in the army, little did you know that one day you'd be an inmate in a prison being looked after by army buddies. Well, this is it. Nobody knows. None of us know what's going to happen to us next week. And, you know, um, none of us know what's going to happen to us next year. None of us know. And, you know, the law is the law. But it was was an unbelievable experience. An unbelievable experience. But... um, What happens? What happens when you go in the front door of Cork Prison? Well, the first thing is, uh, and I saw a lot of people making this mistake, people think, um, well, I know I'm going to go to prison, I know I'm going to get six months or a year, and they pack themselves a beautiful bag with all of their clothes and their favourite clothes. Forget about it. Don't bring any clothes with you. Get them sent in eventually. But uh, because when you go in there at first, um, and not many people know this, you go through a registration process. And then you're showered and you're given some prison clothes. All new tracksuits and polo shirts and um, underwear and socks. Uh, I assume you're strip searched when you go in, are you? Well, you're not strip searched, but you'd strip off for a shower which is supervised. 
Okay. Um, okay. And but you hand over your jewellery if you have any rings or chains. That's all handed over. All of your own clothes are all packed. And the ne- next time you're going to see them, you can apply to have some of them given to you during your sentence. But the likes of hoodies wouldn't be allowed. If you had a hoodie, you'll never get that during your sentence. But if you had maybe a sweater or a pair of jeans, they might give that to you during your sentence. But on the first night, don't pack any bag. If you want clothes after, get your family to send you in clothes. So it's Take a prison tracksuit. Is it prison underwear? Prison <laughs> shoes or runners Correct. or things? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Prison. Runners. How are you? Yeah. How are you? Is it? Are you? How are you welcomed there? For want of a better word, is oh, it respectful? Is it kind? It is. I'll, I'll tell you one thing about the prison service and as I said I've experienced two prisons the prison officers uh, the various ranks of prison officers and two wardens which I had met have an attitude of we're not here to judge you, the courts have done that and they have nothing but it's like uh, I mean once you get on well with them and you don't give them any trouble they will go out of their way to help you out in any way they can they're absolutely totally respectful I, I couldn't I couldn't compliment them so it's not a them higher. and us there's no bad oh god no did you ever come across a well, bad yes I, I met a few people and you were talking about real offenders there earlier yeah um, I've met loads of them they, they just there are some people who have a status in prison that they do not have out on the street and therefore they'll go back in again where they are the king of the wing and, and whatever okay. where they have some kind of status okay. whereas the likes of me I went in on, on something um, and I did six months it was an experience for me and I would recommend to people if they find themselves in prison look for a job once you get a job you all of a sudden you're given responsibilities and you're paid a little bit extra every week okay what's As the you know, cell situation I see you're in there you've been stri- you've been showered and you got your prison gear and everything yes. uh, and everything's taken off you uh, do you share a cell um I, well I, from my own experience it was um, during covid so we were quarantined so i was sharing a cell with one other um foreign gentleman right and um, then after quarantine, I was taken out and put into another double cell. Uh, I eventually wound up in a cell on my own and um, because of where I was working when I moved up to the Midlands. Did you, did you prefer being in a cell on your own or did you prefer the company yes. of a cell mate? No, no, I preferred being there on my own because a lot of people are smokers and I'm a non-smoker. Um, so that's just a bit, the prison service tried to match you up with a non-smoker if they can, but a lot of people that... Maybe stop smoking before they came to prison. Starts it again. Yeah, okay, that's kind of understandable yeah. actually, because your life's thrown is the up. Big, is the big currency that's there? The, um, yeah, yeah. But when you say currency, what is traded? Is it? Well, everything is barter in in the prison, and I mean anyone intending to go in there and thinking they're going to get things done, it's all everything is barter. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But can you not like buy? You, I mean, do you not? Is it not a shop? You can. There is a tuck shop that you can buy. You're given a, a list of various things that you can buy in the tuck shop. But I'll give you an example. But can you buy um, fags and rolling tobacco and oh, stuff? Oh, yes, you can buy. You can, uh, yes, you can. How much are you allowed to spend weekly? Is that limited? Uh, no, it depends on how much is in your account. You're paid an allowance every week. If you get a job, you're given extra money every week. Do you get a job, but, did uh, you? I did, yes. I got a job in... Uh, in the kitchen in the Midlands. What about Cork? Did and you get any work there for the company? No, I got no work there. And I think the main reason I was moved was, um, look, we don't have a job for you here. And we're going to send you up there. And the day after I arrived up um, to the Midlands, I just spent a night in a cell overnight. I wasn't quarantined. I met the governor the next day and he says, your reputation precedes you. And, uh, What's that mean? That you're a model prisoner, is it? 
No, uh, he he had learned from I think some of his subordinates that they had worked with me. But well, you know when you were yeah, so the, I imagine he he gave you a job. I'll come back to that. But when, yeah. so if you're not working in corn prison for the two months that you were there and you're yeah. sharing different cells, um, how, what happens in a twenty four hour day? What how's that spent? Yeah, you're in your cell for 23 hours of the day. You get an hour out in the exercise yard and you also just get released to go to what's known as the servery where you'd get your breakfast in the morning, get your dinner at midday and then get a, a tea in the evening. And then you also can bring back as much, you know, bread, milk, cornflakes, um, oranges, whatever, back to yourself. So you have a bit of a supper at night time. Okay. And plus you can buy in the tuck shop and complimented, you can buy a packet of cream crackers. You can, but in the cell you have a TV, you have a kettle to boil. You can make as, get as much tea as you want. You buy coffee in the tuck shop. Um, and so you have the, and you have your phone in your cell. Um, but you're only allowed a to phone. make one call. A phone? A phone, yeah. Yes. But there's only, I mean, you can't just phone any number. You give a list of the numbers that you can put on. Every, every cell allowed, has a phone, yeah? Well, when I moved to the Midlands, the phones were out on the landing, but, okay, but down in, the, in Cork. Yeah, the, 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 reason, the relatively new prison in Cork, I'm talking about. They've got, yeah, a, they've yeah. got a phone, but you the just phone, can't pick phone, it up and call anyone you want. Oh, God, no. No, no. You give a list of numbers, and then you pump in a call to get that number. How so many calls a day can you make? Uh, one is all I was allowed to make when I was in um, uh, Cork. But then when I moved up and I got a job, um, I was enhanced. So I got extra privileges and I had up to three calls a day then thereafter. And are they, are the, is there a specific length of time for the call? Yes, it, it works out in about six, eight minutes thereabouts okay. for each call. Okay. But then if you move now, as my friend, you, you um, referred to earlier, who is due to be released this month. He's in an open prison where he's allowed his own mobile phone. He can phone who he wants. So, and Where is he? he? What the, prison is he in? He's in Shelton Abbey. It's oh, one of the Shelton open Abbey, the open prison. Yes, so in, Wicklow, in, in yeah. Cork Prison then, right? So you're 23 yes. hours a day locked up. You're only out for one yes. day exercise. What one hour exercise? What is that exercise for the hour? Uh, I, I did it once. Uh, it's out in the yard. You can play handball, football, basketball. You can, uh, and mainly people just congregate around the big ringleaders and things like that. Okay. And, so who, what, when uh, you say ringleaders, what do you mean? These would be the hard chores uh, with the tattoos on them and looking the part and, and getting all the little young lads around them. Uh, it wasn't my scene, but... Um, what are they, so what, was, do they brag how brilliant they are and yeah, talk yeah, about all the it. crimes and they exactly, ended up in prison exactly. for? Yeah, it's, it's really and truly a school for criminals. But I went out once in my two months in Cork. And uh, then after that, the, the officers would let me out on the landing to walk around the landing um, for exercise. Were you ever and picked on because you were a bit of a loner? Like? Oh, God, no. No, no. You were no, left no. to your own. Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of guys that would stay in their cell. I got to know other prisoners and who wouldn't go out to the yard. And I crossed their cell during that hour and um, talked to them. But when I moved to the Midlands, I had a lot more liberties. A lot when more you say than you crossed to the other cells in Cork Prison, are they yeah. open? Doors open? <laughs> Well, um, if when they're out in the yard... That hour cells, it's open. Yeah, yeah the, the cells are open and the guards can go in and if they feel that there's contraband gone in there and whatever, they can go in and search your cell. Are there drugs but up there then? Um, there would be, yes. How are they getting in? Um, they're getting in, I've heard, in all kinds of ways. One of the things is, when I mention your clothes, people were soaking socks 
uh, soaking drugs into socks and sending in the socks. Um, so if you were to, um, let's say you're a prisoner and you get a family member to send you in some clothing, that's going to be washed in the laundry before it's given to you. Right. So it's brand new. Yeah. So, okay, so yeah, they're on to that. Yeah. They used to be throwing be, things in over the wall and stuff. and all those. I, I've heard that, but now that was another way for them on paper. The same thing that's soaking in the letters. So what they, um, they did was they photocopied the letters. And this is just the prison service doing exactly what they're supposed to do and trying to keep the... They photocopied the, the letter, free. keep the original, yeah. dispose of that and Correct. give a copy. So what, what kind of drugs still managed to get in? I've no idea. I'm, I, it's something I never got into. Know nothing about, but that's that's what I heard inside. Um, and then, then also, then there are certain people with psychiatric problems who are given certain medications, um, where they were collected in Cork, collected it at a pharmacy, uh, and you were witness swallowing it. Um, whereas um, in the Midlands, it was handed to you, and you could um, take it when you well take it as prescribed thereafter, but okay. you could keep it. Yeah. But they would look to some of the hard shots would look to ask, what medication are you on? You know, I'll, I'll buy that off, yeah, or whatever. And when you're in the cell for the 23 yeah. hours out of 24, you, you, you spoke about the phone, but you also spoke about the television. And, yeah. you know, are there many channels on that? Um, there would be. There's a, a fair enough selection of channels. Uh, I was mainly into news items and, and news channels and so on. But uh, now and again, you get a movie on. And, but is uh, it a full sky to... package or what? Like you can change the channels, can you? Well, no, you, you can change the channels. You have a remote and you can change the channels. And then they had um, an outside package where some officer would put on a really good movie at night time. So that takes up another you know, three hours of your time then as well. Would you not go? You're doing time, but you go stir crazy 23 hours of... A day, wouldn't you? You adapt. You adapt. You? you adapt. I mean, what do you look forward to? You look forward to, like, what's the food like? Do you look forward to meal time? Oh what do you look God. forward to? Uh, meal times. Um, and having worked in the kitchen for four months up in the Midlands, um, but even the food in Cork, um, all the same food and the same diet, I understand, goes out to all the prisons at the same day, fish on a Friday, for instance. But you get the best, most top quality food. And having observed the way the kitchen was run in the Midlands, I can imagine the kitchen in Cork was run the same to such high standards, highly inspected um, all of the time by the HSE, I presume. Um, but what, 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 what was the food in Cork prison like? What were you eating? Absolutely top class. You had a varied meal. You would have um, in the morning. It was a, a simple breakfast. You would pick up um, wheat bakes, cornflakes, and um, some fruit and milk uh, and bread if you wanted in the morning. And you went back to your cell. And then you were locked up until you know one o'clock. And depending on the different. Um, landings would depend on the hour that that particular landing got out to the yard. Would you go then at around 12 o'clock and you get a, your meal and a dessert? How would that be? Well, let's say uh, if it was Friday, as I said, you'd have fish, you'd have, you know, veg, um, a melody of vegetables, potatoes. Um, you had beautiful um, burgers that they did on another time that I understand were up to 98% beef. I mean, they would melt in your mouth. That would come on the plate with, with gravy and sauces and whatever. And everything cooked to a very high standard, tested for temperature. Uh, and even on goods coming in, everything and going out, the prisoners in Ireland eat absolutely fabulous. And speaking to other prisoners, I met in Cork Prison, who had been in prison in other countries. They said, um, this is the best food we've ever seen. 
And another thing is uh, I've heard of some homeless people in, from Cork who would be on the streets in Cork and their attitude was to reoffend uh, in the winter time, this period, so they could get into prison and they'd fatten up. That was their attitude. We'll go in and we'll fatten up. We get six months for what we did. We know from the last time they'd fatten up and they're a little bit drug free for the time. Then they get released and they're back out. I can understand that, if I'm to be absolutely honest with you, hand on my heart, because, okay, your your liberty has been taken away from you in yes. Cork Prison, but the, what you're describing to me sounds an awful lot better than uh, a sleeping bag in the doorway of a shop oh, or a, tent, a, a little old tent in the wind next to yeah. the Keys on Morrison's Island. Do you know what I'm so saying? You've got, you've, you've got a clean bed, a dry bed. You've got a, and once you keep it, once you send yourself down to the laundry and you keep yourself clean, um, you're living in a good environment. Okay, a confined space. You but, don't, um, okay. Yeah, just hold on there. When I come back after the yes, break, no, Finbar, just to finish the conversation, I don't mean to no, rush no, you because no you're problem. telling a very good story. You're telling it very well. I'm obliged to you. Text 0868104106 if you want to jump in on this. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Chatting with Finbar in his time in Cork Prison and also subsequent to that in Port Leash. Finbar, you don't, you don't think that you're describing a prison experience for prisoners that's very soft, no? No. Um, what I'd say is a prison experience that was, you were shown respect. As I said earlier, the prison officers didn't take the attitude of judging you. Their job was to do what they had to do while they were inside. Yeah. But at the same time, your dignity, your human rights were all um, looked after. If you needed medical attention, you got medical attention. You got all of your human rights were looked after. I know, I know all that, you, but it doesn't really describe a hard time, you know, being, I'm, I'm not saying no. a hard time physically or bullying or assault yeah. or anything, but it's not tough apart from it, your not allowed to walk out the front door. Well, it's, um, Neil, the only way I can describe it is it'll be as tough as you want to make it. Uh, if you don't adapt and say, right, that's it, and just um, uh, surrender to the fact that I'm not getting out for six months, I know that. Yeah. So I'm going to muck down and, and find and adapt as to the way I do things. As I said, um, I would get in touch with the guy on the laundry. I'd send him down a packet of biscuits and a couple of bottles of, of fizzy drinks, and all of a sudden my laundry was folded and ironed and pressed when it came back to my cell. Uh, you wash your own things in your cell, your own underwear and socks, but your duvet covers, your anything else, your towels, get them all washed. But if you, you know, they look after you, so you can make it as easy as you want. If you want to make it tough, um, it will be tough and it be, won't be worthwhile. But there would doing. be, okay, you put that forever, but there would be spot checks, I think, on the cells, would there? Because there were oh, allegations the in the yes. past that hooch was being made in the prison. Is that true? Yes. Well, I've heard that it was. They bring back fruit and distill it. Is that, is that the exactly, case? Exactly, and sugar. Um, they did it some way with sugar, but I've no idea and I didn't see it. You see, okay. Neil, if you keep your nose clean, you're mixed in with the cleaner guys. Uh, was it the it. same in Port Leash prison? The same in Port Leash. And in Port Leash, I got on, um, well, it was the Midlands, which is beside Port Leash. I mean, I did many tours of duty myself in Port Leash in prison Army. as a soldier, yeah. but that's right beside the Midlands prison. But um, little did I know, the soldiers I looked at on the roof from my prison, little did I know, I used to be that soldier looking down before. But yeah, I suppose you had a lot, lot of time stories. to think, did you? Oh, yes, absolutely, and to write. And if you spend your time like that, but with a job, I was working six days a week from seven in the morning till the six kitchen, o'clock yeah, in the evening. Yeah. And I take a day off. I could take two days off if I wanted, but you work the six days, you were out. What were you writing? Busy. What were you writing? 
you'd write down your thoughts, write down your notes, diary. write letters, um, not necessarily a diary, um, just writing down thoughts, writing down your notes, writing down, uh, I made, up my, made myself a calendar. And uh, I started, you know, looking at the days and when I could see to the time I was coming out. Were you counting uh, down the days on that calendar, you were? Well, you were, especially in the last month, you're counting down the days. And then you have dealings with, um, you, you made a small reference to it. Um, before you come out, the social services within the Irish prison service, they start dealing with you. They don't want to just put you outside the gate and leave you at that. What do they do? So they set they do, up welfare or something? Give you somewhere to live? Yeah. Exactly. If you needed some kind of welfare or you needed a medical card or you needed... They would do all of that administration. But sadly, I've just heard um, they're now... Um, well, I know of one prisoner who's been asked to organise his own emergency accommodation. So he comes out on the 19th with nowhere to That's go. Right. Yeah. At the moment, nowhere to go. But he's got to organise his own emergency accommodation with the council himself because he's in an open prison now he's been moved to an open prison Shelton Abbey as I said he has his own phone so they said you have a phone contact the council make your own arrangements we just can't get get you accommodation yeah yeah was it any wonder they're saying that so there's nothing left everything's gone it's just firstly there's a shortage and there's huge demand nationally and internationally for places to live here but what what about what about day a visit then there would be visitor days how does that work on the day say in Cork Prison you're told in advance that you have a visitor is it no I, I didn't experience it because as I said it was during lockdown when I was in. Right. So vis- visitations were all suspended. But you could have video calls. I had video calls. So you just go into a particular room and then you talk with whoever you're talking to on the video. And they could nominate and they could say, look, I'd like to phone my brother, phone my dad, phone my whatever. And then you would be taken down to that particular place and on the screen in front of you and they could see you. Gotcha. And yeah. it was, you know, yeah. but that was... That was during COVID, as you can imagine. And the people that you met, say, in Cork for the two months who were also doing yes. time or the four months in, in Port Leash, uh, you know, by, by and large, are, are they all admitting that they did something wrong or were there's a proportion in the, in the oh, saying, yeah. I didn't do and, it? Yeah, I'm proud of it. And especially... Uh, you're saying that I did it and I'm proud of it. Yeah. There was one guy in Cork, I remember, he was, um, he was in... I don't want to have any particular details that might identify anybody. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, uh, he committed a crime, he was on the TV, and he was a kingpin, he just got an extra five years, but he was so proud to show the guys, look at the six o'clock news this evening, you'll see me. But why but would they? I mean, but are they? They may say that as a, an, an effort of bravado, but they surely, deep down in their soul, mustn't, and their brain mustn't feel that. They must I, feel awful. To be honest, I think a lot of these people have been messed up from the beginning. May have come from dysfunctional homes, and they know nothing else. And the only place, as I said, the only place where they get recognition um, to boost their, their ego is in prison, where they've got all these young lads. I saw youngsters, and I said, "This is your third time in." Why? Oh, oh, says for me outside. I said, "When I was your age, I was married, and I my my first child." He says, "No, no." And he, you know, he was in for a second time. And for did he just, would he have described a, a bad upbringing? Is it? No, no. He just described that most of his friends were in there. Yeah, I just so spoke to, to the. I spoke home. to the. I spoke to the governor of Mount Joy on a number of occasions, yes. and remember him telling me that he has uh, he he looked after while in prison. The grandfathers, the fathers, and the grandsons, yes. one now, after th- the next. There you go. That that explains it, because they know no other life. 
you don't understand organising a career for yourself, getting married, setting up a house. But there'll be people listening uh, to this now and they'll be absolutely raging that it's as soft as you describe it, I bet. Well, first of all, your liberty is, is not, um, is something that you really understand when you are put into prison, where you are told where to go, when to go, where, um, I mean, the toilet situation is you're sharing a cell and it's just a little wall there that the prison officers can peer through and they can see everything that's going on. So all of that liberty where you close your bathroom door when you go in and you think nothing of it, when that's taken away from you, that's a little bit tough to get used to. And on the day of your release, what happens? Yes. You will go to the reception area and you will um, fill out some documentation and then you will sign for all the items that you you, um, handed in at the beginning. And you will get them, and they will, they're absolutely courteous, totally professional, and out you go, and you have to organise your own um, lift thereafter. Uh, or, you're, you know, somebody to pick you up. What's the feeling uh, like when you walk out the, the doors of a prison? Well, it, it's a different feeling, but you're, you're anxious about the next couple of days and uh, whatever. They do give you a bus ticket, by the way, or a train, train ticket, so you're looked after for transport. It's not that you're just out on the street. Yeah. And wish you well and send you on your way. Yes, and they'll organise for people that need social welfare. You'd go to the post office, pick up some money, and um, that's it. But um, the prison service, um, absolutely, totally courteous. But if you, I saw people that made problems for themselves and they made life even harder for themselves. Um, and that's just their attitude and that's just the way they are. Whereas if you go in there and you're in doing time and they know what you're in for, you're not a looked on as a criminal as such you are, um, I mean there's the criminals that will do, you know, the aggravated burglary and the car stealing and the beating and Robbing whatever and then, you, yeah. then you have other people that are in on if you didn't have a TV license and you were told by the court to get it and you didn't you'll go in there for six months now Did you meet you anybody that was ever in jail for not paying a fine like that? Yes. For not having a television license? Correct. You actually were in prison with someone like that? I was, um, but in fairness to the court system, from my understanding is, they were warned that if they didn't get their TV licence, they would go to prison. So, they went into prison. Well, what if they just hadn't got, well, if they didn't have the money, they should have probably got rid of the television, is it? Well, I mean, if if you don't have a car licence, can I still keep my car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same difference, the licence is a licence. Yeah, but you've got to wonder whether a person whose only offence is not having a television oh, yeah. licence belongs in jail. Neil, I, I got sent six months for breaking a barring order. I sent a text message. Yeah, all right, well, I won't go any further detail no, than no. that. Yeah, yeah, but that's... But, you, so but, but, but when, you, when you went in, when you, when you were in, you believe that you deserve to be in there? Oh, yes, yeah. Okay. I, I, was, I was happy enough with... Um, I had some questions thereafter. Oh, um, I, I, I know, I know, but you know, you, but yeah, um, yeah. no, in, in general, you faced up I to the consequences been, of your ways. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I said that's it. I, and as I said, I just surrendered to my situation, and uh, I adapted um, to the different ways and of the prison. And then before I left, for instance, I'd accumulated extra tracksuits and extra stuff, and I passed them on to other guys who had just come in that were working with me yeah. and they were only too delighted to have it because I didn't want to be bringing out that stuff with me um, How's life so now? Yeah, good? Life is good Life is, is good It's uh, I'm 
the man says I'm turning off switches now when I walk out of places and whatever but uh, I love cooking I really enjoy well, cooking Well you're on the outside um, now where many people yeah. are who aren't warm and aren't well fed yes. and don't have multi, multi-channel and access to phones and you know okay their liberty is their own they can walk wherever they want but they're thinking mother of God almighty and, and others are suggesting that our it sounds as if our prison services run better than our health service no, when I the emphasis I would like more to put onto it, Neil, is they are prison officers and the various ranks of prison officers who um, deal with you in a very um, compassionate way and they'll deal with you um, within your rights, not judging you and being. But hardened criminals you. now engaged in really violent well, behaviour yes. to other people, innocent members of the public. Yeah. Okay. So they should, they, be, they should, should they not they be dealt expect. with? Oh yeah, they they shouldn't expect as many creature comforts as you might get. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I had a problem with my feet, and the chiropodist in the prison said, "I recommend you get more socks, and you change your socks three times a day." And I said, "Great!" And I went to the authorities, and they said, "Don't worry, we get you some some new stuff from reception." So they got me a load of socks. Um, now, if you were someone that was out causing trouble, and I saw the people causing trouble, um, they might have lost out on a a day or two days out in the yard where they were 24 hours locked up in their cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can make it as hard as you want, but, I mean, the ordinary person who is not a criminal as, as such, but has been sent to prison, uh, they just want to do their time, get out, move on with life, and just, um, I don't know, enjoy. You have to enjoy the experience because if you tell yourself psychologically, this is bad for me, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a mess when I come out of here but if you adapt to the situation and if you need something they will give it to you All but right. your rights are highly um, restricted it's not that yeah. your, your, your liberty Neil unless it's taken away from you it's the only really and truly that's the biggest part of prison is not being free to go anywhere yeah not to be able and to call you your own within shots. the prison yeah. I mean you're waiting for the doctor you go to the doctor and you're held in a holding cell outside everything is doors and locks and oh I know keys. I know I could be here all day rebutting yeah. everything you say with regards yeah. to the people who can't go to a doctor so outside because they have no money it's to go not a, yeah well no obviously the prison service will look after you but the main thing is it's not nice having your liberty taken away. True, so it's true, all about true, true, adapting true, to true. what you have and making the best out of what you've got. Okay. Lovely chatting with and you, Finbar. Listen, best of luck going forward. Listen, uh, happy thank, Christmas. Thank you very thank much. Thank you for being so and open the same and honest. To you, Neil. Look after Listen, yourself. You take care. Bye-bye. All the best. Thanks, Finbar. Your thoughts on that are welcome, please. Conversation with Finbar about life on the inside. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after 10. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now 086-8104-106 Red FM. And it's a free food Friday courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park and I'll start the shout outs in about 15 minutes time. Text or WhatsApp who you are and where you are. Text 086-8104-106 and you will be fed uh, this lunchtime the Red Patrollers will deliver should feed between 15 and 20 of you you get the starters consisting of chicken wings chicken skewers and beef skewers and then for the main events chicken wraps chicken pittas and the wonderful wonderful beef burgers basted in the famous piri piri sauce as sides you'll have piri salted fries rice and waffle fries and mayo and garlic piri mayo and then build your own cheesecake for dessert 15 to 20 of you 
We'll be munching into a cheesecake dessert with lots of different toppings that you can build yourself. You can check out roosterspiripiri.com and also check out the shops of the weekend if you want some food in Douglas and also at Blackpool Retail Park. So the shout-out's in about 15 minutes' time. We also have more Christmas trees to give away, our fifth and final day in association with Kiernan's Garden Centre.ie. They're a Douglas Court shopping centre. They have wreaths and stands and Christmas decorations and accessories and trees. Uh, and we'll give away a couple of those this side of midday to call her Tree and call her Turty Tree. And our final opportunity also to scoop family passes for the Skechers Cork Opera House Panto Sleeping Beauty started earlier in the week. And we have tickets for Tuesday, December 20th to give away just before midday today uh, for the Sleeping Beauty Panto at the Cork Opera House. You really know the Christmas is upon us when you're talking about the Panto. So all that to come uh, between now and midday today. Lines open. You can pick up the phone on 0818104106. Lots of calls and texts on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. I'll come back to texts and emails in a couple of minutes' time, but I just want to chat to Luke following a conversation before 10 with Finbar. Luke, good morning. Good morning, sir. The um, conversation with Finbar and his time in Cork Prison and subsequent to that in Port Leash, it's not the Cork Prison you remember, No. Not at all. Although it was some time ago when you were there. It was probably the old prison, were you? Uh, it was 23 years ago. First time, 23 years ago. Maybe. First time. How old were you? Do you mind me asking? I was 17 at the time. Maybe. Okay. And were you there on a number of occasions, was it? I was only a frequent visitor, Neil. I was never sentenced. There was always some fines or something. Stupid, drunken disorderlies. Short periods of time. Short, short stays. Short periods. Yeah. God, yes. yeah. Okay. And how did you find it there as a 17-year-old? Atrocious, Neil. It was inhumane to start. In what way? You had, you had no toilets for a start inside cells and stuff. Um, just living, living basically, living... It wasn't living, Neil. For any human being. Uh, locked up for a large proportion of the 24 hours, was it? Of course, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And look, the first time I went to prison, I was put in there, and as a youth, you're going to be, of course, you're going to be re- re- rebel, as, as so young that you are. And, like, the prison officers left me in there with a big gold chain. They what? They let me in there with a big gold chain around my neck, which they meant to take all jewellery off you when you go in. Right. And that was only a recipe for disaster, Neil. Was it violent in there, you're saying, when you were there? Well, I, I wouldn't say... There's a few things I witnessed would have been violent, but you would want to be on top of your toes, like, right. every day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, given a 17-year-old, you know, just as well, I was a kind of bulky enough old lad, so it kind of helped edit, if you get what I said. Yeah, it, it meant that you could... You could defend yourself and people knew you were capable of defending yourself. Does that mean that you'd be kind of left alone then? Uh, yeah, really, Neil, yeah, really, that kind of way, yeah. yeah. As in, like, you're going to look at a chap and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, how can I put it? Oh, I wouldn't like to have a few off that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you'd be sizing up. You'd be si- of the man, yeah, the yeah, of the yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And, like, for a whole... Four days, I had this Tom, Dick and Harry, oh, that's a nice chain you have there, oh, this is a nice chain. 
like they weren't nice people either as you well know people you meet in prison mm. and how could I put it oh yeah well look I could say I had a good meal because I was never in the new prison thank God as in I went on and met a girl and had kids and look that that carved my life that to stay out of trouble you know it could have gone the other way, of course, yeah, absolutely. It could have gone the other way, of course, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. you sorted yourself yeah. out, fell in love, settled down. Well, who of yeah. us could say I, that, I, I suppose, I, fully, in yeah. fairness. But <laughs> like, we, grow older, we grow wiser, Yeah, it? I know. But as a 17-year-old, it must have been a fairly frightening play. Were you slopping out then at that stage? Yeah, I was, yeah. 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 No, I I would be a, a big statured lad, but I wouldn't, need to, I wouldn't have had to fold up there, Neil. No, why not? Uh, you know, I like to I like to eat healthy, just say like. Yeah. So like. It seems yeah, as if it's it's impl- it's improved dramatically, though. Well, I don't know about that, now, Neil. As I well said, look, I did. I'm the last time I was in jail was back in the old prison, and that's going back. 17 years ago 20 odd years ago well you wouldn't have had a phone in your cell would you have had television would you have had no no television and no phone yeah everything seems to have changed and I often done a spell down to Chalky as well what's that oh that's a that's a special um, that's a special uh, room in the jail that they put you when you're being a ball boy right is that like some kind of solitary or isolation or something yes yes strip naked how long would you be in there Neil, you could be in there 20 minutes and you think you're in there five weeks. Really? Why? Oh, it's just the way to play with your head, like, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but I wonder, is it, do they still use that isolation oh, or the choking? Oh, of course they do. Not all boys are good when they go to prison, either. I know, I know, I know. And there'd be factions in there and people would tend to congregate in gangs and groups, would they? Uh, well, not really, Neil. It's just the bigger... The bigger hierarchy in, say, the Irish criminal world would have their little runners or they'd have their little, how could I put it, their little soldiers. Yeah. Because they'd have no other choice, you know? Yeah. And what would they have them doing then? Oh, I wouldn't like to say on air, Neil. All right. Okay. We'll only say what you're comfortable saying. Putting things in places that they shouldn't be putting things in places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Contraband, oh, like, things that they yeah. shouldn't be in the prison. Because, I mean, back yeah. then, I know there was a lot more drugs getting in, wasn't there? Well, yeah, there was really, yeah. But not as much hard drugs, Neil, as, we, as there is today. Like, as as we well know, like, the, the government and the Gardaí are trying to hold back and say, oh, it's a heroin academic. No, yes, but there's nothing about the crack or cocaine academic yeah. and there's nothing about the crystal meth academic yeah. that's all in here you know for the past two or three years in the prisons in prisons and yeah. on the streets yeah well I know it's certainly on the streets but for a 17 year old do you think that unfortunately if a 17 year old goes into prison that they come out worse or that they learn more inside to make them even more hardened prisoners criminals yeah I think they shouldn't go to like it depends on what these young you do Neil they shouldn't go to jail for a drunken disorderly charge. They shouldn't go to jail over fines. They should be given the chances for not to go into the prison. As in, like, you stick a young chap into prison 
And what does a carbon final layer do, Ralph Neil? Does it just make them worse, do you think, or does it teach them? You see, if, if prison is hard, you would think that it would teach a lesson, you know? It is hard, Neil, but look, it's all down to the block at the end of the day, too, and what mindset you're in. Do you know? But you, you would run the risk of having young people in there who would actually learn more about how not to be caught the next time, you know? That's the problem, isn't it? Well, Neil, that's, that's what I'm saying. There should be things in place for them not to go to jail. Like, there should be more help for these people. Like, drugs awareness. Like, we, our system is, is corrupt. Like, if you go to any other country in Europe, you see what positions are in place for drug addicts, uh, uh, young offenders that do stupid things like who does not do stupid things when they, they, they just come out and they've got no help to get them back and on the straight you know, and narrow thing, like why well, you flood the prisons as well like prisons should be for hardened criminals and stuff Neil yeah. people that deserve to be there not people who've got problems exactly yeah. exactly yeah. All right. Okay. Well, listen, I'm going to get some more calls on this. Uh, it seems to me as if it's a very differently run prison now than the old one, which you describe as horrendous. I could tell you a funny story when I went in there later in life. I went in there for fines after that, and I had two 500 euro notes, Neil. And I was in there for something like 300 or 600 euros worth of fines up at the time. So that was after 2000, now, yes? Yeah. The euro came in. Yeah. And just I went in to be booked in, you get your shower, strip naked in front of the lads, they give you clothes. And actually the worst thing about prison for a young chap, Neil, is that the clothes that they give you. Believe it or not. Because if they're giving you golf tops, <laughs> big John Travolta shorts. <laughs> what? The- yeah, your attire isn't the best list. No, but I mean, but it is prison. Like, it's not the catwalk. Like, you know what I mean? But you see, all the other youths and all the other prisoners are looking at you when you come in and say, oh, newbie, newbie, I know, newbie. I know, I know, but I know. look, I was getting out anyway. This makes a long story short. And as I booked in my money and stuff into the booking area, that all of a sudden, my thousand euros turned into twenty fifty or not. Oh, for God's sake. Really? Is that true? Very true. So, like, where's your privacy if your stuff is put in there, if your, if your belongings are put Somebody in there? Somebody whipped it and swapped them. Swapped them? No, but we won't say who did. All right. We just but, say but, came from the top. But if you had two 500 euro notes, why didn't you pay the fines with them and you wouldn't have been in jail in the first place? Uh, well, Neil, look, when you went to jail the first time, the second time, and the third or fourth time when you were in there, what was the point of paying the fine when you had money in your pocket? <laughs> because you wouldn't... If you were going to be out with a revolving door after two or three days or two or three hours. <laughs> okay, well, that gamble didn't pay off anyway, Luke. Yeah, well, look, I got my two 500 euro nuts back in the end because I wouldn't leave the prison until I got my 500 euro nuts. <laughs> okay. You stood your ground. <laughs> right, look after yourself, pal. Listen, Don't take care. You, you too. All the best. Good luck. And, seriously, though, what did you make of the conversation with Finbar and oh, how do you describe it? Good, mo- good morning, Neil. Um, with Finbar, um, Finbar went into prison and she met, um, oh my God, army guys that things. Yeah, he would have served in the army with them. Yeah, and there would have been prison wardens. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And um, that's that what annoyed me, Neil. One, you know, that he met his best buddy that served with him in the army. They looked after him, they cared about him, 
you know. Yeah, but he, but he said, no, it's, it wasn't particularly him. He descri- he's describing a system that has greatly improved with regards to improved, how improved, the prisoners yes. are looked after. Do, do, that that, you think that that's wrong? I do, of course, because, see, he makes bodies, yeah, he the army bodies that in, in prison. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. And then, uh, but for now, you know, he said first now that the judge, when he went into prison, that the, what's called again, the prison officer said to him that, um, no, you're done. The judge, no, don't have nothing to say. No, you're in prison. Okay? Yeah. So when he came into prison, and then the prison officer turned around to Fimba and said, well, sure, look, you're here now, right? Look after you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I, I am so annoyed. Why? Then annoyed because, because like, like I heard Luke's story that I know as well. I'm annoyed because the reason why uh, he got phone, he, he had no job in Cork, in prison. Got a, right? Yeah, he got a he phone, he was sharing a cell, there was television, the food was very good, the medical intervention was, was there, doctors, everything like yes. that, yeah, yeah. Everything. You think yes, there should be, is it the case that there should be none of that, that the food should be... See, I know, exactly, one second, Nick. then he went into prison because of barring order, I believe. No, it wasn't that, but I don't, want to get, I don't want to get into that. The, I know. Like, just leave but that see, alone. that's why he annoyed. And then you see, he met prison of uh, his arm, ex- army bodies, they looked after him. Then he went from Cork because he couldn't get a job. We know, I'm, but no, I'm not. Kind of, we yeah. know all of that, and I'm aware because he told right. that story. But what makes you angry? I'm angry because see, uh, the reason I'm angry because like life in prison to me, anyway, by Timber speaking, is a joke. It's too soft, is it? It's too soft. It is. I, I'd love to go to prison. That's all. Ah, but you wouldn't. You can walk right now. You can hang up this phone and walk out your front door. In prison, you can't do that. You're told where you can go, when you can go there, for how long yeah, you can be there. I know that. But see, my point is me that um, okay, he goes to shop. He and they get paid in prison. Tiny money for a bit of work that they do. Tiny money. Yeah. Yeah. Pocket money. See, pocket money. But see, that's the reason Fimba. Right, went from Cork to Portish to Midlands. That Midlands prison is like a hotel. And how do you know this? Right, because um, of the friend of mine in Portlaoise prison. And they had a soft time of it, is it? A soft time. And you believe that they're having a soft time? Channel that phone, texting anyone, like their uh, prison officers, option. Everything. Okay. So you so go down and Cork then, right? Up to like years ago now in Cork prison, as I know very well, they went up to visiting people up there. It was tough. It was tough really. It was tough. You know? And what he describes is not tough enough, is it? It's not tough enough. Okay. Sure. Okay. It's not neat. Okay. Too soft. Like he's describing it, it's too soft. You know, he's a television in his room, multi channels, um, oh, and he's everything really. Everything he has. Except his liberty, you see. Except his liberty, correct. But you think it should be correct. tougher? You go into jail, it should be hard. It should be tougher. Okay. Exactly. Okay. All right. Thanks, Anne. Text 0868104106. Mark says In Portlaoise Prison, we were locked up for weeks on end, 24 hours a day, with no exercise. If we didn't take the COVID injection or a COVID test, we were told that there would be another two weeks. 
and it was the officers that were out socialising that kept bringing it back into jail. Bringing what back into jail? It had to, it had to be because we didn't see our families in over a year as we had no visit. Sorry, Mark. Uh, thank you for getting in touch, but it's not very clear to me what you're saying. Um, another text just says, I can categorically tell you that you can't have phones in the cell in Cork Prison. You only get one phone call a week. So either your partner or your family, you have to request any extra calls. When you get a call, it goes through a security uh, and uh, you can't just, sorry, uh, you can't just be in your own cell getting and giving calls willy-nilly. It was never said that people were getting and giving calls willy-nilly. There was the phone in there, but there was restricted use of it. But thanks all the same. Uh, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Matt, good morning. Hello, Neil. Okay, you wanted to pick up on what story do you have to share? Uh, mi- mystery passes, uh, uh, Neil. What? Mystery passes in the prison. What's that mean? Uh, it, it's people going estimated into newspapers. Contraband, is it? This, throwing them out the said window. Not following that, you, just, just, uh, just, uh, just no, they back go up. To the, they do number two in the toilet. And, uh, and they said there's no toilets in, in the 70s. Were you in jail or were you? I was, yes, Neil, yes, okay, yes. But I, I'm sorry about that, I was. Because okay. uh, I, I, I'm getting a remorse, you know? Are you? Why? Uh, I'm an orphan. I'm an orphan. You're an orphan. Were you in... Yes. Were you, so you were you reared in an orphanage? I was in board school, yes. Okay. From the, from the age I, I, of two, I, I, I believe. I'll get my bed back in the minutes. I'll be grand. Okay. I'll be grand now. Okay. I... I but um, it's just a what, so you, you you were an orphan reared in a that's right. boarding school that's right from the age of two that's right I went down to Cork then yeah then you went to Lota that's right and right. then I was in uh, Capa Quinn when I was two years of age right and you yeah. ran away from Lota did you I ran away yes yes okay. yes right and you went a bit off the rails is it any wonder I did. you went off I the rails I was trying to find my own way in life Neil okay how, how did that work I, I, out for I was, you? I was dyslexia. I couldn't spell or read. But uh, I learned with the hard way. I had to find out. I had to be streetwise. But I was, I'm a very clever uh, uh, person. When you ran away from Lota at the age of 15, where did you go? I went over to England. How, uh, you mani- how did you manage 20, 20, to do How did you manage to uh, do that? Uh, the boat, B&I. You know the boat that time, Dennis Fallon. How did you manage to get the fare? Well, you know, I robbed this and whatever I had to do, like, yeah. Because I, I, I was, I was, uh, I ran away from the boarding school over the abuse and all like that. Uh, things like that, like, yeah. Did you I suffer, did you suffer abuse as a child? I, I, I was abused as a child, yes. And uh, I, I got compensation for that. Okay, but, uh, which you're entitled yeah. for. So a 15 year old runs away. Yeah. Ro- r- where'd you rob the money? I was, I was, you know, from the teacher in the school, my teacher, I, I, I was in the classroom and they, they all went out and I made coffee for them in, in the school because I was very gifted with my hands. Yeah. I was carpentry. They taught me carpentry there, how to make picture frames and all that. Right, okay. There was a brother, Timothy, but he was a lovely brother. Okay. There's good and bad. Right. Where did you get the money, though? I robbed it from the teacher. Okay. And then you legged it and got a ticket for the, legged, for the ferry. Right, yes, yeah. yes, and you went yes. 15 years old. Was it in the 70s? In the 70s, that's right. Okay. So you got the ferry to and what? I went, like, I, went over to, I went over to Quittlewood. 
But wait I a second. Say, first, I, you, first I you're did, a fifteen-year-old. You had did, to get to. I, you had to get the fish guard. Was it? No, whatever it is, I forget now where it was. But did you get a? Did you get uh, a bus then to London? Like, was it? Well, over to Cricklewood, twenty-two Cricks Road. Cricklewood, yeah. The Irish Centre. The Irish Centre. What did you do when I you got to Cricklewood? I used to go to the big, the big Tom dance halls there at that time. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was fond of the drink then as well, but I don't drink or smoke now or anything. I never did smoke, but so I, 15... I was lonely in the pub. I just uh, just to have a fag, something in the hand, to because I couldn't communicate with people. Okay, okay. So yeah. you're 15 years old and you're in Cricklewood. Um, yeah. Did you did you find somewhere to live? Did uh... oh, I did. I stayed in Quick, Quick Road, the Irish Centre. It's eight pound a week. And did you I get a job? Board. I got football. I got a job in the building side. I, I, I was more mature for my age. I pretended that I was such, I was clever. Like I'm clever in my own way. Right. Okay. And did yeah. you stay long on the building sites in London? No, I didn't. I didn't like England at all. It was too fast. The pace is too fast. Were you very lonely, lonely as a small fella there? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the pub was your only place to go. Like the, the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That led to its own problems, did it? That led to its own problems, destiny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when did you fall foul of the law then? Well, when I came back, when I, I joined the Navy and things like that, I, mm-hmm. I was underage when I joined the Navy. I came back, I joined the, I joined the, con- I joined the barracks in Waterford first. They brought me down to the hard bowling in, in uh, Spike Island. Joined the Navy. Uh, uh, the hard bowling in Ringerskiddy. When did you rob the post office, though? Uh, that was after a while, a couple of years after that then, like. Why did you, you do that? Because I had no money and I was I was trying to survive. I had no friends. Uh, I'm sorry. I know. She had a shocking. She had a shocking start to life. She had everything loaded against you. But uh, I had to survive, and I regret that. And we, people think I'm a saint. I go to mass every day. People think you're a saint. That's right. Sure, all right. You've paid your price, man. You're I okay. Know. Okay, so you robbed the post office. You were caught. That's right. Yeah. You went to jail for it. That's right. How old were you at that stage? I, I must have been about, I suppose, 17, 18, or whatever it was. You didn't stay long in London then? No, I didn't. I, I, went, I came back and I went over again. But Did I just trying to find my own way in life. And how were you caught? Like, from, Did you get away with much money? I get myself in. I get myself in because I felt guilty. You walked into the guard station. That's right, yes. Well, in fairness to you, that's a very brave thing to do. Yeah. What did they say? What did they say? Did you have the money spent to that? Was it was it much money? It was about one thousand three hundred that time. So an awful lot of money then, wasn't it? It was. Did that money? Well, that, fr- did that money frighten you? The amount of it. I didn't. Fr- no, I, I I just wanted to get a life. Uh, tried to go to dance halls and things. But I, I couldn't meet a girl in my life. So you had thirteen hundred pounds. You had thirteen hundred pounds in your pocket as a teenager, and you still went and surrendered and gave yourself up to the guards. That's right. Why? Because I felt guilty. You were Stop found. Yeah, and I, you were. You were. Al- you, yeah, you were very, very lonely, weren't you? I was. You were all on your own. That's right. No one in the world, not a mother, a father, no. brother, sister, friend, well, or I found, girlfriend. I found, my, I found my mother later on in life. Okay. There was no, there was no communication. Darren killed my Thomas. My, my, my mother is down in uh, Cadogan Shore. Okay. But she passed on. 
<laughs> uh, there was no communication there. It was all hush-hush. You never found out why you were given up as a baby or anything? Well, I didn't know what's the reason, things like that, no. You don't know the reason. So you no. gave yourself up to the guards and you got you got jail for it, did you? I did, I did. Did anybody stop to think that you were put through, did... did well, I was, I, they put me to John Drum then, mental hospital. You were in Cork, jail, you John were in... Drum mental hospital All right. as well. Okay. But you were in three different prisons... That's right, yeah. Cork, Mountjoy and, and Dundrum Mental Hospital. All over, yes. Okay. I'm not hiding anything. I don't want to hide anything because I want to get my conscience clear. And tell me, were you in prison more than once? I was. What were the other offences? Well, there was, there was a girl in, in court. I, I went dancing with her and I, I overdone it then. You what? I overdone it. I went drinking with her. All right, well, then. was that did that involve assault? Well, it wasn't just all just such. It was, yes. Okay, but, uh, all right. Well, that's a, that's a very serious thing to do now. It is, it okay. is. Okay, very, very serious. We won't say any more about that because I'm not yeah. aware of the case, but that you went back yeah. to jail for that, was it? No, I, I, got, uh, I got suspended sentence. Okay, all right. Well, we won't say any more about that, but how did you find jail? Tough? Well, I was used to boarding schools. It, it, it reminded me of a boarding school, but you get lonely... Um, but I, it, it was like you know, I was I was used to it. But I, another time, then I got I was so isolated in padded cells that um, padded um, cells, padded yeah, cells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were very unwell. I was very unwell. Yeah. Is all that behind yeah. you now? It is, but I I just want to tell people I'm sorry for what. Happened. And how's life for you now? It's great. Are you still all on your own and everything and alone? I am, yes, yes. But I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends around. Yeah. And they think I'm a saint. And do you think you're not, is it? I think I'm not. Because of your past? Of my past, yes. But don't you, have, don't you have an awful lot of regrets, though? I do. Yeah. So do you not think that those regrets show that you're a type of person who should be given some form of forgiveness? I know. Well, I don't know. Should I be forgiven? Sides of bad things. Of which you're all sorry for. I am. Yeah. And have you tried to make amends? I did. What I did. more can you do, Matt? I know. I know. You know, it sounds as if you're torturing yourself. I know, I know. No, I'm a good person, I know that and my friends know that. Yeah. And you're all, and you gave up all of, you gave up all of the drink and everything. Girls that I meet, they think I'm a saint. Yeah. I, but I'm hiding the past. I, I'm hiding all the time. You're hiding your past. I am. Yeah. Because you're ashamed of it. I am. Well, the only thing I can say to you is that it's very, very important that you're very respectful to people as you go through life, you know, men know. and women. Treat them with kindness and respect. Don't put but a I, hand, I, don't I, ever put a hand on people. No, I have a great time for women. Yeah. But I but, can't find a wife. I know. I know. But listen, you're still above ground considering everything you've been through from a two-year-old boy onwards. I'm I'm 50, uh, I'm I'm 65 now, or not 65. Listen, you know, you're, you're, you're saying sorry. All you can do is keep on saying sorry, you know. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you need to try and live whatever is left of your life and that could be 
30 or 40 years, you know. Try and feel better try and feel better about yourself. Well, I was I was 19 and a half stone one time without oh, just depression. I'm down I'm back down to 15 now. But look, you have to always remember your upbringing. You had no proper upbringing as a child, zero. I know. Yeah. You were never taught right from wrong. You didn't know no. understand boundaries, no. nothing. You you were No. You know, you were let down from a from a baby. Yeah. No, I, I forgive my parents. I forgive everybody. Try and forgive yourself, will you? Yeah. Listen, try and forgive yourself. I know it's all very emotional for you, considering, you know, yeah. the past that you went through. All yeah. you can do is ask for forgiveness and try and live a better life. Isn't it true? Yeah, it is, yes. All right, I, I, noticed, I noticed him there. The, you were a good friend of Tommy. I know, did you know Tommy Abbott? Uh, he, he I don't know. Uh, the, I don't know the he, name, but perhaps I might know the person. But don't. No, don't he, he, he was robbed there. Yeah. He was robbed there one time, and he he lived in a shelter accommodation. All right, the misfortune. He, he passed away. Like he passed away. Uh, I probably and did he, bump he, into him at some friend. stage. He was a great friend of mine. Like, right. He was a great chef. He was a great cook. Because I can't cook at all. I was eating all junk food. Over the years, I was 19 half stone. All right. I, reached, I was a 50 waist. I'm back down to, I'm down to the right weight now. Good man. Well, stick to that. Stick to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that now for the last 20 years, the right weight. And I feel very fit in myself. I'm yeah. a very fit person. Try and stay positive, Matt, and try and put I the past be- behind you for which you have paid dearly and move forward in your life. And don't be so right. hard on yourself. Be kind yes. to people in every way you can. I know. I know. All right. All right, Tony. Look after yourself. Stay listening. And I'm, del- I'm delighted you got your job back. I Thank you. Sorry, I was praying for you. You're very time. kind. And I'm delighted that you, you hopefully will try and make something better of your life and don't be cutting yourself up as much as you are, you All know? Right. Cheers, my friend. Look after yourself. Take care. Take care. Text 0868104106. Uh, if you've got a story to share, actually, that wouldn't necessarily be a story you'd like to tell on air, you can always email neil at redfm.ie. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. And a big happy birthday greeting today to Michael Dunn from Glanmire. Have a great day, Michael. Lots of love from your brother Pat and your sister Susan and your niece Lil Sue. Lovely name, Lil Sue. And uh, have a great day. Everybody's thinking of you, Michael. Particularly Pat, who got in touch with me. Happy birthday to you, Michael. Free Food Friday today. Text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And Roosters Piri Piri of Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park are on board again this week. It'll feed 15 to 20 of you the best of food. I really mean that. The best of it. I love it. Uh, some shout-outs for Loran National School in Bandon. Morning to Katie and all of the staff. Northside Tires and the Old Mallow Road. They won last week and just came back to say thank you. It was beautiful food. We really appreciate it. Thank you for coming back and saying thank you. Northside Tires and all of the staff there. Donworth, Donsworth Office Supplies in Forge Hill. The amazing staff there would love a treat. So would everybody at the Dean Hotel, particularly all those in the accommodation staff. Tusla at the North Point Business Park in Blackpool. Rockwell Engineering, especially my partner Owen. I hope I can do justice to this. Affidea in the city centre would love Free Food Friday and here's why. Twas the month of Christmas and all through the house nobody would cook, not even the mouse. It was Free Food Friday Affidea was aware. In the hope Red FM would take care of all the patients who are wrecking our heads, hungry work filling the MRI beds. Throughout the morning, there were a few mishaps because we were dreaming of roosters piri piri wraps. Patients were asking, whatever's the matter? 
I was just dreaming of a chicken sharing platter. So so I wanted to give this competition a bash so Red FM could save me some cash. <laughs> I mean, that's right up there. In really fairness, like, I mean, I, we try and do a fair draw for everybody, but half a day, I'd take a bow on that one. Kirby Carr dismantling in Ballinacurra in Middleton, busy getting customers on the road. Irish yogurts in Clonakilty. P.S. I love your yogurts. Whatever you guys are doing down there, keep doing it. Ross Oils and Fernandes, Bridgewater Homes in Kerry Pike, ECI JCB in Carrick Tool, uh, always listening. Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana, Inform Nutrition in Watergrass Hiller. Would love a good feed on this cold Friday. If you think today is cold, wait till Sunday. Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike, Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire, and RPC Haulage in Granada. Always working always hungry. So keep those shout-outs coming. Text who you are and where you are to 0868-104-106 and we'll do the next bunch of shout-outs this side, uh, well, just after 11 at this stage. But, meant to do this yesterday. We ran a poll on Twitter and this is all to do with law and order. We were talking about prisons uh, and different people who spent time in prison this morning and poor old Matt's predicament. Well, it's not a predicament to the life that he's he's had and hopefully it'll be better from going forward. But the poll that we ran on Twitter was following earlier in the week when I was asking the question as to whether the Gardaí should be armed. There's been a lot of talk about this. It started with Leo Varadkar saying, if the Garda Commission came to me and I was Taoiseach and he asked for the Gardaí to be armed, I would allow it, he said. And we were asking your thoughts on it. So the Twitter poll was up for, I don't know, 24 hours or so. We asked the question, should Gardaí be armed? 49% of respondents said yes, 51% said no. Now, in terms of statistics, that's pretty much 50-50. 50% of you believe it, 50% of you don't. No, I know it's 49-51, so a slightly more amount of people said that no, the Garda Shikonic should not be armed. So then you have to ask the question, well, how are they going to deal with criminals who are? You know, And how can we help them? Um, would it be tasers, that all of them would carry tasers or something like that, or what? So we took to the streets. Kevin was out talking to the people of Cork as to whether or not people felt that, uh, you know, firstly, as town got rougher, um, I told you the story of inside and outside the GPO. I have even more texts on the fighting in the GPO uh, from yesterday lunchtime. Uh, but do we need to arm the Gardaí? He was at uh, Wilton Shopping Centre. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. The place is like Oliver Plunkett Street around the GPO. It's very, very messy. There's lots of winos, druggies. People don't like it, especially with young kids and families. Yeah, and I suppose we're talking today about arming the guards. What you, what you make of that? Oh, I, I, I don't know, that's a tough one. Uh, but I suppose they'll have to, they'll really have to look at it. I mean, a lot of criminals have guns, like, you know, knives, and the guards have to have something. I'd be very nervous going in the evening, I suppose. Um, I'd prefer to go when it's bright, even though the Christmas lights will be on now. I suppose as you get older, I'd be more nervous. Um, yeah, and I suppose I have small children now, that I'd be a bit more nervous of them, that if they go off here, at least it's fairly contained, whereas in the city they could be gone a long way in, in a short time. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, uh, just today they were talking about guards and should we start arming guards do we need to kind of increase that like would would you agree would you be in agreement or disagreement with that i'd be in disagreement um yeah i don't know i suppose i haven't really thought about it the guards do a very good job and i did a very difficult job without a doubt so i don't know it's a difficult one during the week there and like it was no more like christmas system says no not at all no 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 do you feel like with the shops closed and there's more kind of anti-social behavior going on do you feel a bit more worried about going into town no 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 just just the atmosphere isn't just there like you know that kind of thing um, no i wouldn't feel threatened in any way um, look ahead 
be aware around you, you're surrounding I think as well, you know. I suppose every city is rough as well, mm-hmm. no matter where you go. But do you think Cork is getting rougher in the last ten years? I suppose it has to, it is. Mm-hmm. With different more drink, more drugs, more young people coming up, it's going to get rougher, you know what I mean? Um, I suppose we need more guards as well around the place. Even just standing around the place, visually, if you see them, they're a deterrent, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Well, speaking of the guards, I suppose they were talking today about whether they should arm the guards. Like, Would that be? Would you be in agreement with that? Um, pepper spray, yes, without a doubt. Mace, without a doubt. I said it several times, I think they should have it. Mm. Like, typically, typically, example, there now in, where was it, the two guards in Dublin that were beat up. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely, pepper spray, in all fairness. Like, yeah. Without a doubt. I, I don't think it'll cost any harm to them, I don't know. Just stunned their eyes for an hour or two, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure they're well trained as well in self-defence and whatever, but they need something. They need something. A lot of drugs out there. That's sort of it, you know. It certainly has got rougher. And uh, for people of my age now, I'm over pension age now. I know I look very well. <laughs> uh, however, I think during the day, there's a fantastic atmosphere there. There's a wonderful selection of shops. And I think due to the increased rents and rates, a lot of the shops in the centres, such as Wilton and Douglas, a lot of them have closed down. But I, I suppose, like, do you, do you think with, like, how do you kind of solve that issue? Like, do you, would you like to see more guards in the street in town? Absolutely more guards. And I know at this stage that they're uh, very aware of their own safety as well, yeah. which, of course, they have to be. However, they are definitely a deterrent mm. and there should be more of them on the street. Uh, and do you think, like, we're talking today about, they're saying in the doll about potentially giving arming them with something to try and help them defend themselves a bit better was that something you'd like to see yeah, I would I think they should to protect themselves and I think that the um, people that are causing the problems would be aware of the fact that they are carrying some sort of uh, protection and be less likely to cause trouble Jeez, I, I was in town today I was in town there was a fantastic atmosphere I, I believe it was the uh, college Christmas oh, yeah, day or something like that there was a fantastic atmosphere in town did you see many guards on the street when you were going around or did you see much of a guard of presence? Considering it was a big college day, I didn't see any. Yeah. You would have thought that like, if there was trouble going to be, it would be college students you know, having a, a beverage early and stuff and you would be thinking there would be some guards around. I didn't see any. Mm-hmm. No, maybe it's because it was raining. <laughs> They're afraid of the rain. I'm not too sure. I, I've been saying it for 10 years. People aren't afraid of the guards anymore. When I grew up, you were afraid of the guards. You, you, know, you were afraid of guards. Guards came, you ran away, you hid, you, you pretended it wasn't you. And uh, today's youths, they stand up to the guards, they, they throw punches, as you said, people getting, the guards getting assaulted recently. I think, yeah, guards should be armed. People need to fear the guards. They're there for safety, but they're, they're, they should be, their job is to be safe as well. And they should have the, the means to do their job. You have the means to do your job. I have the means to do my job. But the guards don't have the means to do their job. It's, in this society, this, this time, crazy. <laughs> That's the sound of the police. I wouldn't agree with it really, you know. I really wouldn't agree with it. You know, there could be shooting drunk people. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get shot anyway. He does want to get shot, and that's from Wilton Shopping Centre earlier in the week. Calls on that after 11. Text 0868104106. So far this morning, actually, somebody else got in touch with regards to the fight in the GPO. You may not have been listening earlier on, but you did text me, said, have you heard anything about the fight that took place outside the GPO yesterday? My father was there at the time and he was absolutely traumatised. Three girls absolutely walloping the heads off each other for 20 minutes in the middle of town. Not a guard to be seen. I don't know whether the guards eventually arrived or indeed if they were called. 
But thank you for that text. I told the story of exactly what you're describing earlier on through the eyes of a 78-year-old man who was in the GPO at the same time. He said there were those three girls, but there was two fellas got involved in it as well. Big fight outside, then inside, and they're literally scrapping and fighting and kicking the heads off each other and punching. They ended up on the ground inside in the GPO with customers and staff watching. Must be an awful thing to come across. Traumatising, certainly for an elderly person. Uh, so your dad was in there. I imagine that he is um, getting on a little bit in age. No disrespect to him. Uh, but also um, the senior citizen of 78 years old who was in there and will not go back to town ever again. Back after 11. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show You talk about going out and about I loved this The lads were sharing with me a post from Ben Gilroy uh, And he makes an awful lot of sense We talk about the world where you know everything is uh, Debit cards and credit cards and tap and go And everything and you know there's uh, A battle on to make sure that Cash actually you know stays In circulation anyway enough for me He says and gives an example he says I have 50 euro cash in my pocket Going to a restaurant, I pay the 50 euro cash for dinner. The restaurant owner then uses the 50 euro cash to pay for the laundry. The laundromat owner then uses the 50 euro cash to pay the hairdresser. The hairdresser will use the 50 euro cash for shopping. After an unlimited number of payments, it will still remain 50 euro cash, which fulfills its function for anyone who uses it for payment. And no need for banks on every single one of those cash transactions. But if I had paid the restaurant digitally the 50 euro, the bank will charge a 3% fee for my payment transaction, which is 1 euro 50 of the 50 euro. After 30 digital transactions, the initial 50 euro becomes a fiver and the remaining 45 euro is the property of the banks, all because of the digital transactions. Paying in cash gives you freedom, control and privacy. I couldn't have put it better myself, actually, when you give it as an example like that. So well done on that. From this morning, some texts uh, that came in much earlier. Morning, what about the moral obligation by our government to house its own people? We were chatting about stories in the papers regarding the arrivals of uh, Ukrainian refugees and the issues in Fromoy up around the at the convent. How many refugees has Michal Martin taken into his houses? Please read this out, says Tom. Well, I have. I don't know the answer to that. We are not opposed to housing immigrants or migrants, Neil. We are opposed to the location here in Fomoy. Another one. I think it's our own government is making us a bit racist because of the way our Irish people are not equally treated as the refugees would appear to be. And then one from Fromoy, from somebody in Fromoy who says, can't come on because I'm at work. But anyway, I want to remain anonymous. I just want to make you aware of an incident of theft which happened in Fromoy yesterday. I'm female, working and living in Fromoy all my life. I've seen Ukrainian refugees come into the town over the past few months, whether staying in the local hotel or in local family homes. And it has been a pleasure to welcome them and to get to know them personally. However, the families that arrived Tuesday night to the convent are not all Ukrainian refugees, and the males of these families are quite intimidating. Not all, let me say, before people jump on me, but some. Whilst it is women and children, there are quite a lot of men too. There was a theft in a shop in town yesterday that was carried out by a male, allegedly residing in the convent. Gardaí were called and are now dealing with the matter. 
Two days they were here. Two days. The males can be seen loitering around the town, consuming alcohol up laneways and in doorways. I saw it myself 2pm yesterday afternoon. Of all my years living in Formoy, I've never felt so intimidated to walk our lovely streets in daylight. The working taxpayer is stretched enough already in these current times. Our standard of living is dropping. And to see our hard-earned contributions to the state being spent on accommodating people, not even from war-torn countries, is, I can tell you, a major kick in the teeth. Especially when some are abusing the situation already. I don't blame the people for protesting. Something just has to be done. Uh, and that's a text to 0868104106. I'm curious and I'm asking the question. Do many people from from, from, from Moy feel that way or otherwise? Text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show. Gold winner for Interactive Speech Program at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Courts Red FM. Thank you. Back to my phone lines. John standing by. First up, Angela. Morning, Neil. Should the Garda Shikona be armed? Now, that could be a, a, a gun, even taser, something, anything. Uh, I would say yes to tasers and no to guns, absolutely not. Okay, but then you have criminals with guns. I'm aware of that, but if the guards become armed, then the criminals have better armory. Okay, that but the criminals have guns, they have knives... They have um, all sorts of different weaponry. The guards have batons. And they have asps, not batons, and they have pepper spray. And they have pepper and spray. If, did you know that if a guard has to use his asp or his pepper spray or even his handcuffs, that there's a mile of paperwork that has to be filled in? Can you imagine how much paperwork there would be if they were armed? If the guard uses the baton or the pepper spray, they have to go back and do a load of administrative detail on why they did it, is it? And even the handcuffs. You have to justify your use of handcuffs. And I can't even imagine how much justification there would be if you had to use your weapon. Okay, all right. Well, you, you go... Up, you not, I mean, that's only part of it. You're talking about the cost of it would be colossal because you're not talking about just the cost of the guns. You're talking about the cost of the ammo and the cost of the training. And lads that are actually armed, like the detectives and the ARU and the ERU, they have to retrain every six months. Yes, they, they are fully They are so, fully armed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the cost of arming the guards is, would be insane, which is something that nobody seems to be talking about. But don't you think we're losing the battle to crime and criminality, though, that a lot of people who break the law and engage in criminality are only laughing at the legal system and the guards? I don't think that's the fault of the guard either. No, it's not. I'm not saying... Um, no, no. I mean, the, the, only people, the only thing the people are suggesting is, would it help them? No, I think it would actually make, make things worse. Look, for 100 years, the guards have policed by consent. And I think my gut feeling is that this is a knee-jerk reaction to what happened in Dublin there two weeks ago or a week ago. This is not, look, I come from a Garda family. My, my dad was a cop and my other half is a cop. And this is not the first time I've heard calls for the guards to be armed. It's happened on and off dozens of times over the last 30 years. But yet so. when you go overseas to France or Spain or Italy or Germany or Greece or countries like that, we all go on holidays, on holidays, we see them armed. Yeah, we do. I went to Germany in 1997. I had to do it as part of my course, and it was a huge culture shock to get out of Frankfurt Airport and see all the cops were armed. You kind of tend to I take them more seriously, though. You wouldn't say you'd pay them a bit more respect? I think the issue with the guards on guard the Shikona, as they are right now, is that the guards are losing the connection that they traditionally had with the public. 
like when I was a child, probably when you were a child, you knew who the local community guard was. You could, if you had a problem, you could knock at his door. And believe me, that happened in our house lots of times. Mm, mm. The when problem is, the problem is that we don't have the guard. The numbers are depleting. The numbers that are coming out of Templemore, there's not enough to cover what's actually retiring. There's a massive amount of guards actually taking early retirement yeah. because they don't like the way, the direction that the guard of the force is going. But just in. talk to me about that because it, we're like, I don't believe Ireland is ever short of money. It's how we seem to spend it and the places they plot it and the departments that they give it to it. Would more money, would better wages and conditions solve that? I don't... <laughs> Obviously, I would love to get the guards to get paid more because the guards get paid more than there's more money coming into my household. Correct. Yeah. Um, I think that the, there's a huge issue around the proposed roster. Um, I think that needs to be solved. I love the contingency roster, the four days on, four days off. It gives us a work-life balance in the house that we never had. Yeah. And I never had it growing up. Um, I don't think... I, obviously, the wages is an issue. Now, I know that there, there has been a pay deal recently and the lads are getting back pay and they're getting a 1% rise or something this year. But I'm just saying, if it was more more of a, an attractive financial package, because they say that about the nursing profession as well and we're losing a lot of them overseas I, for paying I conditions. Honestly, I honestly think, yeah, well, the, yeah, the nurses and the guards are in the same situation. You have too many patients for the case in the case of nurses and too many criminals and not enough nurses and guards. That's it. Yeah. So they're overwhelmed, it's, right? It's a, yeah, it's it's a numbers thing. We need more guards. We need more boots on the beach. And I think things like what happened in Dublin may still happen, but they will happen a lot less frequently if you have guards walking down the street. Now, I don't know what the story is in Cork, but in Ennis, where I actually live, you very rarely see guards on the beach. You do at weekends, but you don't Monday. No, it's 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 rare enough in Cork, I have to say. And this is not Garda bashing. They're 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 we no, more likely to be we more likely to be in, in in squad cars, to be honest. Yeah. So if you have, um, although you do see, I mean, I saw a fella, I saw a guy getting, I saw a guy getting pulled during the week actually by a guard on a bike, push bike. So you know they're yeah, on I bikes. See, I see that menace actually as well, and it's actually quite cool because they can go down pedestrian streets. Yeah, where yeah. if you have lads that are pickpocketing or whatever. But the one thing uh, that we hear here all of the time is, Cox, they want to see a more physical presence of Gardaí. And that means you need to recruit more Gardaí. Yeah, simple as. And I think that there is an issue, definitely there is an issue with the recruitment salary. Starting yes, pay. Yeah. There's the starting pay. I mean, if you have, uh, like I have a daughter who's finishing college this June, please God. And when she graduates, she can go off, she'll get a job that she'll be getting 30 or 40 grand a year straight out of college because she has a degree and she has, I think she has, hopefully has a job lined up, hopefully, hopefully I'm not. So let's say it's 40 I'm grand then. Let, let, yeah, let's, but if she went into the guards, she'd be getting 10 grand, 15 grand less. 25. Why you go in to Templemore into a job where the public, the vast majority of the public support you, but you're putting your life on the line, literally, every day that you go out. Yeah, you are. You have, don't have proper equipment. The ballistic vests are not suitable. They don't have body cams. Why do they not have body cams? Please give them body cams. They're driving bog standard family saloons. I do, again, I don't know what the issue is in Cork, but I know in Clare there are very few lads that are trained to drive on, life, um, on blues and shoes. These are all things that, where money could be put into training more guards. How long would it take a guard out of Templemore to get, say, from around the 25 grand up to 40 or 45 grand? I'd say I don't know the figures off the top of my head. I don't. But 
I'd say you're talking probably 20 years service. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Oh my God. The top. Now, to be fair, they do get they get an unsocial hours allowance for Sundays and bank holidays, but for the amount of grief that you put up with, you know, I don't think it's worth it. As well, you, I'm seeing units here locally where members are being taken off the regular unit to go into what is now the Garda equivalent of the FDU. You know, they have another name for it. But, no, but I'm just, I know that, I understand that. I'm just thinking yeah, of somebody there's, that's there's coming out of college with a degree or a master's, they're going to, and let's say they're in finance or tech or medical or whatever, they're walking into jobs for 40 and 50 grand right out of college. Like, who'd want to yeah. go into the guards? Exactly. Twice the I money. would certainly, I would actively discourage either of my kids going into the guards and if they had, if they were to follow, they'd be following their father and their grandfather and I would be actively against it. Okay, okay. Okay, thanks, Angela. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the call. Just with no regards problem. to Matt from earlier on, misfortune of Matt, he's a very, very tough life. He did wrong things, but you know what? You can get back up in the saddle and keep on going. Oh my God, can't stop crying. His story is heartbreaking. Sending him all my love. I'm so sad to hear about Matt's story, the darling. Neil, thank you for being so kind. Oh my God, my heart is breaking for that poor man. He sounds so broken, Matt. I spoke to Matt before 11, adopted out at the age of two in an orphanage. Uh, I really hope he can forgive himself for the post office robbery. He sounds like he's a beautiful person. He's to he needs to spend the rest of his life, you know, being kind and doing right and being a beautiful person, I suppose, doesn't he? Uh, because he's got to live with the consequences of what happened to him as a child and throughout his own life. And unfortunately, some of the things that he did and all you can do is make it right and, and be sorry and live a better life, I think. I mean, that, that's what I think. Just try and live a better life. The man has nothing to fear from life, left on his own from the age of two with no guidance uh, on how to run his life. He's a saint in my eyes anyway. I hope Matt is listening. Heartbroken, listening to that poor soul. Life is tough enough. Fair play, the way you handled it. And uh, Neil, thanks for speaking to that man with the compassion. Uh, others wouldn't have been so kind. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, let he without sin, as the fellow says. That young guy's mentality, uh, as in Luke, I think, uh, saying you shouldn't be sent to jail for drunk and disorderly or drug offences is just so hard to listen to. Uh, how many chances do people need to be given before they go to jail then, says somebody else. Uh, his statement saying he never paid fines as he uses the revolving door instead of paying court fines it tells us all we need to know. His whole story was blaming everyone else while taking no responsibility for his criminal activities. I can't wait for you to devote a few hours interviewing the criminal's victims. Happy to do that anytime people want to chat with me. That poor man, this is Matt. I'm in tears listening to him. It's awful to hear a grown man cry, isn't it? I hope he's okay. Not sure if you can give details, but if there's anything he needs, can you please let me know? I would like to help him. He seems very genuine now about being remorseful for what he did. He had a terrible start to life, so he had. Um, great interview. It's so sad to hear it. Thanks for letting him speak. Okay. Well, thank you all for the kind words. That man had no love from anybody from the very beginning of his life. It's a sad, sad story. He will have to pick up, join the gym, join clubs like the men's shed and leave his past behind him and look ahead. He must make the most of his life from now or he will never, ever be happy. Uh, I worked with Matt for a few years. He's the nicest, kindest, most genuine gentleman, says Kevin on the north side. And maybe one or two more. Maybe you should keep that man, Matt, in mind for something nice in the future. It's a very sad story, but fair play to him for coming on and telling it. And a final one ahead of the break. I'll take one quick call. 
I had tears in my eyes listening to Matt. Such a lovely man. But I really just wanted to tell you, fair play. You're kind and compassionate. Okay, well, well, thank you for that. It's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you for all the kindness. So we'll come back to more of those texts in a few minutes' time. Text 0868104106. John, do you want to jump in on the uh, arming the guy you was that? Yeah, I would be totally against it, Neil, because I think, look, I don't care what to do in other countries and who's armed and who's not armed in other countries, right? But we've gone on very well here with the system that we have here where the guards are not armed, except the special response units, like, which we do need more of, right? But the minute you Well, they told the me, gun, they told me, um, got an anonymous email from people working within the, um, that, that response unit, the armed response unit, they said that if they get a, if if there's there's a limited amounts of 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 SUVs, you know those we see the yeah, armed, armed yeah. response units, and if there's a, if the, if one of them in Cork gets a call, they could have to go all the way to Limerick for that call. Yeah, well, that, well that's what I mean. But we'll have to have more of of, of uh, the emergency response units brought on board, right? But as the guards are in the army guards, I think the minute you introduce the gun to the army guardian in the street, right, which there's not enough of, as that other lady said, you introduce a barrier. It becomes a diminust. And I think the, the, the relationship that the public have with the guardian has been pretty good since the foundation of the state here. Right now, obviously, there's been a couple of bad apples. All right. Well, what about, ta- okay, what about taser guns then? I'd have no problem with tasers. I'd have no problem with body cams. Now, with the body cam, obviously, if there's a free-for-all going on or whatever... But the thing is, like, if you're engaged with the Gaudi and the Gaudi have their camera on, you can video them on your mobile phone then, and everyone is happy then. But definitely, I would introduce the tasers because... It so so you're, you're acting the maggot and the guard has a body cam and you're acting the maggot and you're filming the guard? No, no, we'll, just, we'll say for the sake so of the water. that's insane. Water. No, no, for this, well, it's for everyone's protection, like, because, I mean, cameras can be manipulated. But we should be able to that. trust the guardie that if somebody's acting the maggot, they need to be able to get on with their job without some idiot filming them. Well, you're entitled to come in as a citizen, like, I mean, to use your, your, your the camera on your phone. Like, and, and, I mean, if the guard is doing everything... Sorry, you want to arrest me because I'm a maggot. Hang on till I film you doing it. No, well, I mean, if, there, if there's someone fighting the street or robbing a shop or something, that's a different story. But if you're engaging with someone, we say like the water campaign, that um, if that happened again, some civil dispute and difference between the civilian population and the government and the Gardaí get involved, there would be no problem in you filming the Gardaí threatening to arrest you for something that you think you have a right to protest uh, on. Ah, that's a right because, to protest. That's entirely different to criminality. Well, well, well I'll just get to that in a second, all right, because... It, all right, well, use your time wisely. I don't know, my go on, yeah. Yeah, two of the most dangerous politicians at the moment are Varadkar and Helen McEntee. Varadkar said he's only waiting for a nod from... Uh, uh, the, the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris to arm the Gardaí. Just a nod will do, right? And I believe that nod won't come because I think Drew Harris doesn't want to go there. The Garda Representation Association don't want to go there. The Garda themselves don't want to go there. Helen McEntee is helping to bring in hate speech, which will, if you go into it sometime there and look at it yourself in your time here, right? What actually is involved there will affect protests, normal type protests by the civilian population. Now, as the whole thing is that lady was on before me, she's quite right. It's it's not guns we need, it's more guards on the streets. There's only ninety guards coming there's only ninety guards coming out of Temple Moor this year. There's three hundred guards retire every single year. And the last five years 400 girls have left before retirement yeah. for a myriad of reasons because they're disillusioned, they feel they haven't got 
the backup. Their health has got affected with the stress of it. And that never happened before. That's 400 girls will never draw a pension. Mind you, so, the text here says, my sister's a guard. She's on 70 grand a year. She only graduated graduated from Templemore three years ago. Angela's figures are rubbish. She's on 70 grand after three years out of Templemore. Could that be and, right? She's, I don't know. I, 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 70 I grand? I doubt it some more. Well, if she's getting it, I'll do so, but I, I, I just don't think it's... I wouldn't. No, again, as I said, talk about a waste of police time. I engaged a two guardy uh, last week there on this ridiculous enforcement, fine enforce this ridiculous Panaban, which you've dealt with before. Two fine strapping, tough looking men, oh, finest men I ever saw in uniform, though. Two big guys like that they wouldn't be long getting stuck in if there was anything going on, any maggots along the place. And I said to them, lads, haven't you absolutely wasted here? And they totally agreed with me and they said, yes, we don't want to be here, but we're sent out there. What a colossal waste of two fine men Total, in, in uniform. Totally, yeah. Yeah. total Absolutely waste. Ridiculous. A complete and utter waste of guard and time. And I'll, I'll yeah. finish on this, uh, yeah. introducing the gun. You want to be very careful because we all see what happened in the year 2000 with John Carty down in Abbey Lara. A man suffering from the severe depression was he wasn't even given a, the basic cigarette that he was looking for and was shot dead. Yeah. I mean, and you had a situation in Clanmel as well, then where there was an armed uh, raid going on in a bank, and two different lots of armed guards turned up, and they shot each other. So when you introduce to the gun, you have to be very careful. All right, appreciate it, John. Text 0868104106. Uh, lots to do. Can I do a bunch of free food Friday shout-outs, just on a lighter note? We're starving. We'd love some food, says Scrappy and all the gang at Cork Metal in Dublin Hill. Dupuis de Poro. Um, don't know where you are, but I know you're hungry, so good morning to you all listening there. Blue Skips, Blue Coast Skip Hire actually won a few weeks back, but they've come back and get it said, we're over the food coma and we're ready for some more. Uh, the Hungry Mechanics of Blackwall Motors, uh, Blackwater Motors and Forge Hill, PFH in Little Island, Bespoke Wedding Ceremonies, getting people ready for their Christmas engagements. EBO Home Rescue in the Marina, Easy Living Interiors. Feeling a little sick at the moment. We'd love some cheering up. Well, I hope you recover. If not, um, you might go and see the Heart and Vascular Department of the Matter Private. Uh, morning to Joe and all the staff down there. Tails and Tubbs, Dog Grooming and Douglas Woolen Mills. Morning to you all. McLaren Loss Adjusters in Frankfield. Barry Joyce Cole, listening at the tip top of Far- Fair Hill. Watson Marlow in Blackpool. Area Carpets and Flooring. Unique Fit Out in Glanmire. MMD Construction at the airport. Adam with DPD Depot 27. Morning to all at DPD. West Cork Mollage, the West Cork Model Village in Clonakilty, who has the fantastic Polar Express on at the moment down there. HC21 in Blarney. The Immunisation Department of Mallow Primary Healthcare would love some food. Morning, Dervla. Kinsale Road Recycling. I love this one. They're a great bunch at the Kinsale Road Recycling. And the park ranger was on his rounds making sure people had their dogs on leads, even though they didn't believe him that the dogs had to be leashed. Well, I could go back to that topic for a few days. I've got some very harrowing stories, actually, on dog attacks. Dental options in Cork. Smurfit Kappa. Fairfield plastering crew working in Money Gourney to everybody Unified Packaging Group at the IDA Business Park in Carry Tools. So we'll do one final bunch of shout-outs in about 20 minutes' time. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. 0818 by phone. John, good morning. Good morning, Um Are you in for my? No, I'm not in for my, Neil. Okay. Well, you, you want to comment on uh, on this situation there about these uh, refugees? Okay. You, are you picking up on are a they text? Refu- are, they, are they refugees in Formoy or are they asylum seekers? It doesn't really matter to me what they are because they're all people. But I'm just thinking, like, 
once you commit a crime in Ireland, if no matter like if you're in here looking for asylum or you're a refugee, why can't you just be deported? And you you won't cost the state any more money. Like take for instance here, like you have this that poor family up in Offaly, and that man that is accused of this crime, he's not accused of it, but he's waiting to go to court on it. He's going to end up costing the state probably, God only knows, two or three million. Yeah, but we need to allow, we, we can't re- reference to that anymore now because we have to allow the justice system take its course. So That's okay, that's yeah. okay. But yeah. previous crimes are crimes going forward. This is going to cost the state money. Plus, we don't know where these people are coming from. I heard, uh, well... I don't know if it was lies or truth, but on social media, you don't, you can't. Yeah, well, you know, that's the wild west. But this is another. There's an awful lot of stuff on social media that I could be doing on air and I can't. I'll just tell you, I I, I don't know, it might have been on, it might have been on your program. What was it anyway? What was it? One of these uh, refugees, they came down to Fermoy and they were after getting a bus back up to Dublin because they were living in City West. They didn't like, they, they didn't like where they were staying down there and they got, they got a bus back up there. Are these people entitled? Or is this actually going on in my country? You if I went over to another... One second, E. If I went over to another country, or will I rephrase that? If I could get into another country without a passport, in all fairness... Yeah, I know. And you want one second. No, I'm me, aware that the stat, the stat on that actually is uh, 3,000 people have arrived in Ireland with no identification documents, despite having the documents at their point of departure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I can't do that. You can't do that. Okay. So, like, so that 3,000 like should have just is, been told you can't me. come this, into the this, country. Go by. Yes. Goodbye. This yeah. is human trafficking by the government. Is it not? Well, human trafficking would be people who are here against their wishes. The 3,000 that arrived here and destroyed their documentation they are might doing be it against themselves. Their wishes. They might be against their wishes, Neil. We don't know. They might be against their wishes. Here's they, might the pro- to to the free, they might be told they have to go there to get the free money off the fucking government. And they, they have their own, what would you call it, vigilante group to give the money back to the people at home. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. No, well, we I mean, don't know, Neil. We don't know what's going on. One of the they problems is a lot, a lot of those... We have to control ourselves. We have to control ourselves. You know, we can't be leaving these people in. I am not. Racist. What people? Who are these? Who are the? Who are the these people? I'm. I'm aware of Matty McGrath saying. You, you, we second. don't know who these people. We don't know who these people are coming in. We don't know who these people are coming in. But one thing's what I'm saying. Can I commit a crime here? Okay, and not go to prison. No, I can't. No. Okay. These people are going to commit a crime here because they came from, God only knows where, where they're coming from. Obviously, our country is a better place for them to come to, to go to jail and cost the state money and live it two or three years. Okay, so we're, so we're agreed then. And, that get any- fed, and, get fed, and get fed fish on a Friday. Okay, <laughs> so we're, we're agreed then that anybody that comes in without documentation should be just sent back. And we're also, no, you're saying... No, there okay. shouldn't be, well, you, okay. I don't know what the law is, but it's going to come to that at, this, at that stage. Okay. It will come to that. And, and Stop it, send them back. Not send them all back if you commit a crime. That's my, my, my point, if you commit a crime. Okay? Instead of costing the state money, 
Even if even if even if you're here legally from even if if you're legally here from another country and you've been given landed immigrancy and you're allowed to stay and you commit a crime, you would still deport them, would you? It depends on the crime, Neil. Okay. Like no, I'm going asking? back to yeah. we right. are we are coming we are coming into like probably uh, Syrian war going back there. We don't know these people that are coming after coming in here, where they are trained, where they have, have been, what they have done. You don't know, I don't know these people. No, nor, nor do we know. There are people that are after coming into the country because they have no documentations where they came from. No, they're left out like fucking wolves. We don't know because we are Ireland. We are a privileged. Yeah, society. but we don't necessarily and people know. People don't understand that. Once people, you have nothing we, and you're out there and you have to fight, okay? And you have to fight. That's a waste of my time, John. I can't get a word in. I know. I'm wasting my time. I can't get a word in. I'm trying to just pick out some of the points that you're making and just give some of the statistical evidence to try and back up what you're saying. But you end up then making broad sweeping statements that everybody's here and they're all going to rob us and we're, they're all criminals. And sure, that's not true at all. Sorry, Neil. It's after done in the shop already in from hiding this. Yeah, but that's not everybody. That's one. Yes, I'm not racist, but he committed a crime, that's the problem. It's he alleged. Crime, right, I know, okay. crime, I know and that's what she said happening. to me, that's what she said to me. It's an allegation, though, that has to be proven in court. However, it I can to, tell you, I yes, can tell however, you that Matty McGrath however, raised however, it in the door. Can I? Yes, however, all right. okay, previous all right. crimes that people are still here costing money, they're not kicked out. There's been an increase of 2,000% in asylum applications from countries like Algeria, Somalia, Nigeria and Albania, according to Matty McGrath in the Dáil. And he is actually, in some ways, agreeing with what you're saying, is that it is causing strife, will cause more strife and needs to be addressed. I think he's saying that we need... And what's, uh, and what, and what's he doing about it? When he, How long is this line? I just told you, you just said it in the Dáil. All right, OK, let me talk to Richie. Richie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Uh, just come up for air. Okay, your thoughts. Go ahead. 62,425 is the figure now of Ukrainian refugees in Ireland up to November 6th. And that figure continues to grow. Will there come a time when we say we can do no more? There won't because I, um, when that Fianna, Fianna Fáil um, uh, politician recently in Galway called for a cap to be put in it, Clear. he was told he retracted very quickly, but he was also told there's no facility to put a, legally to put a cap on the amount of uh, refugees coming in here. Okay, okay. Now, okay. The, so, we certainly are a target country, Neil, I think, for for, for um, uh, economic migrants uh, from various other parts of the world because they are passing through several safe countries just specifically to get to Ireland because we're such a soft touch. We've got a very generous system, um, very lenient uh, immigration policy, no, very little deportation in, t- in relation to the amount of people that are coming in illegally with or without documents. You know? Okay, so this has nothing at all to do with the 37,500 female Ukrainian refugees that have come here or the 22,000 males that have come here from Ukraine. You, you, whom are you talking of? All the others that come here and claim political asylum, is it? Yeah, well, yes, the, the people that pass through various safe countries to get here, obviously, they, can, they, 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 they could have claimed asylum in other countries, safe countries, but they chose not to. They, and by the Dublin Convention, which I think is still in, in, in existence, they were supposed to claim asylum in the first safe country they got to. But instead, they passed through several safe countries specifically to get into Ireland. Now, my point, actually, when I 
message you there that time was about the protests. Um, okay. And I don't feel that they're anti-refugee or anti-immigration protests at all, right? I, I think they're, they're protests against government policies and they might be, they're, they're hijacked actually on both sides by, by, by a minority of thugs akin to football hooligans, but also on, by, the, by, we say, the government or politicians who are labelling anybody who, who objects to it as far right or, or xenophobic and so on. They're basically arguing against discrimination against the Irish. The, the government themselves with these, with these policies are creating resentment and it's certainly not racism or xenophobia or anything like that. I think people just that are homeless or vulnerable in Ireland, they want a fair crack of the whip. You know, and the, like the likes of Focus Ireland and Simon, the, all these people have been calling for funding all along and they're, they're getting dribs and drabs. And suddenly they can find billions of euros to look after everybody else and still not look after the people that are in Ireland, the homeless, you know? Yeah, And okay. that's bound yeah. to create resentment. And I mean, that's why people become targets then of being a racist when they aren't racist. They're just saying, it's chaos here anyway to be Irish or why can we find money then when it's needed and couldn't find it for people who needed it desperately, not necessarily a roof over their head, but financial aid where they need it, maybe even. Yeah, yes, and like even if the even if the government had come out and said, "Look, okay, this is our chance now to do something for everybody who's vulnerable, right? Including all the refugees coming in from Ukraine." But we're also in conjunction with that, we're going to help the you know the, the ten thousand homeless Irish people, our homeless people in Ireland, they have various different nationalities and so on. Right, we're going to in conjunction with this, but they're still being neglected. Like there's been people on your show there being taken out of uh, facilities, uh, temporary emergency facilities, in order for these whole facilities to be taken over by Ukrainians. Now, again, it's not the Ukrainians' fault, it's the government's fault. But it also means that we're not tooled up or prepared for 12,500 arrivals from, from Ukraine have enrolled in schools, 12,500. There's another figure there, yeah. 8,600 have enrolled in further education and training, which is great for them, but do we have the capacity, people are asking. Um, when we you, don't. You right, but when you break the stats down of the 62,000 re- Ukrainian refugees across Cork, apparently it's Middleton is home to the most Ukrainian refugees, 1,087. I can give you all the stats if you want. Skibbereen has 514, McCroom 489, Mallow 373, Cork City Northwest 324, Bandon and Kinsale 307. And then when you look at other areas, you can drill down into it even more. Uh, Cove 135, Carrigaline 95. Fling war now this is. Um, they're, they're, sp- well, they're, they're well spread out though, aren't they? They are, Neil, but we still don't have the capacity for this. And okay. you can, as far as I'm concerned, and I... I, I, I not, obviously, I've no proof for anything else, but I would imagine that the vast majority of those probably will not return back to Ukraine. Okay, well, I don't or, know anything or, about that. You know, and, uh, and what and do you make of what do you make of Fromoy then? Those that are in the convent are they all Ukrainian refugees fleeing war, women and children? Do you know? Well, it's I suppose that, that's up to the government to, to 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 check that out, and they're not they're not doing anything like that. They're they're completely unvetted. They're just arriving in. You know, we pulled out all the stops to, to enable them to come here. And look, okay, if you want to look great to Europe, but it doesn't look great when you're neglecting the people that are already here and have yeah, been okay. homeless for so long. Yeah, okay. okay, thanks, Richie. Appreciate it. Text 0868104106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. I just absolutely love this. It's this time of the year when Spotify wrapped. Start telling you who you were listening to across the year on Spotify and how many hours and, you know, what kind of detail. And everybody's getting their Spotify wrapped reports. And apparently 3B1 Marketing got theirs during the week. Uh, and they sent me a copy of it. Uh, <laughs> 
with a photograph of myself. It says, shockingly, our top artist this year was Neil Prendival. We spent 15,000 minutes listening to him talking to the people of Cork. So I hope you're happy with that. I hope it didn't come as a, as a surprise or a disappointment. But thank you for those 15,000 minutes listening to the podcast on Spotify right across 2022. So good morning to each and every one of you again at 3B1 Marketing. Meanwhile, just one fast one. I had a, just with regards to in and out of prison or what conditions are like in that we started this morning in conversation with Finbar. We spent time in Cork Jail and in Portly. She says, I had a, bu-, this uh, texter says, I had a buddy who was in and out of prison for years. A few years running, he used to go into the city two weeks before Christmas. When he'd see the guards on the street, he might, for instance, grab someone by the throat in front of the guards. They'd arrest him and he might spend a month inside over the Christmas period. As he said, partying with the lads. It's just a holiday camp. Uh, one other texter. I was in both prisons, so it's a tale of two different prisons completely, as in the old Cork prison and the relatively new one. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868 104 uh, And also, remember, you're listening out for a Christmas on this side of midday. We have Christmas trees to give away, courtesy of ourselves in Kiernan's Garden Centre, Douglas Court Shopping Centre. Free parking and all the Christmas trees are there. The noble fir Christmas tree. Uh, when you hear a Christmas song, call her tree and call her Turty Tree on 0818-104-106. Panto tickets as well. And we'll pick a winner for Free Food Friday in a few minutes' time. But Anna, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Okay, what's on your mind? I was actually, um, I comment uh, the post from yesterday about the refugees and about the name of the group, which is called Island First. Yes. And I, to be honest, I was kind of slightly um, got it on it because, as I said in the comment, I live here for a very long time. My daughter was born in here, you know, so it kind of felt like it's only for Irish people, you know. You consider, your, you consider yourself Irish now, do you? And your I, no, I, I, I obviously not going to be ever Irish because I was born in Britain, uh, Poland, you know, but I'm slow to ask people where they're from anymore after what happened in Buckingham Palace. You might get, I might get the sack for it, but you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, no, not at <laughs> you know, all. You but, know that um, story, but anyway, go on. Yeah, but I'm, uh, what, what I want to say actually is um, the lovely lady explained me yesterday that it's not about only Irish people, but it's about the people who live in Ireland, you know, providing for the economy and stuff like that, you know. And then I find out that all of those refugees actually are getting free medical care, medical cards, you know, obviously food all roof over their head. And they will go get very personal, which you need, which I actually, it, it's quite hard for me. Uh, over three years ago, I was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. So this Sorry is to hear that. basically very kind of complicated illness. You know, it's not something that you can cut out, you know, and heal. Um, so I was only 35 when I was diagnosed. Neil, after that, I was fighting for medical card. When I mean fighting, I really mean like fighting um, for the medical card for six months. And you'd been working, paying your taxes? Um, I am working yeah. since oh, the yeah. one I came here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did you get that so medical card? I did. I eventually did. But as I said, it was like a fight, really, like a fight, like banging your head over the wall, you know, over and over again. Then I, uh, the beginning of the year, I um, applied for the disability allowance. And it's the same story. I was fighting for eight months. So with, with, with the little time that I have left, and I hope that you yeah. make a full and speedy recovery, and I really uh, do. There is, for... there, there is actually no recovery for it. So it's kind of terminal illness. So. Oh, dear me. 
Is it manageable yeah. for a long time? I, uh, I am. I am managed for the moment. It's uh, quite rare kind of condition. It's called uh, MDS. It's like before leukemia stage. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm the lucky one. I have medication. I manage for the moment, but uh, I'm sitting like on the kind of you know ticking bomb. You know? know. So know. Know. it can just explode any time. You know, in I my know. life. I'm, I'm anyway, you know, I'm fighter. I'm getting up every day. I'm, you know, doing my stuff. I'm happy. I'm nice. I'm smiling because, you know, I have a child, you know, to give some kind of, you know. Um, I know, I know. I hope, yeah, I so hope that you share a lot of your child's life. I really do. Uh, but yeah. is, and, and again, I'm very sorry to hear that. I really am. Not at all. Um, and, and I'm sorry to even end this call abruptly because I understand that it's a very you know, emotional time for you dealing with that. But do, do, yeah. do you think that what you have gone through and what others go through, it, that it, it makes a mockery of, 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 you know, how Irish people might find themselves when they see others getting a medical card so quickly. Very so. much. Okay. Very, no, yes, exactly, because okay. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I am sure that many, many thousands of people can relate to me, with me, actually, you know, regarding okay. medical cards, disability okay. allowances and stuff like that, you know, when you seriously need them, actually, okay. you know, because I, I, as I said, I'm still working, Neil. I'm working only 14 hours a week, you know. Okay. Uh, so I can't afford, my husband is working to provide for the family, and stuff because otherwise we probably would be starved, you know. Some people might say, oh, you know, if you're not happy, you can always go back home, but this is my home, you know, this is uh, where I live, this is where my child was born. Well, you, know, you may but, not be Irish, but you certainly have made Ireland yeah. your home. Okay. Yeah, All right. yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I've, been, I've been called by my friends as an Ori, you know, so. Half an Ori, half an Ori. Okay. Well, that's a compliment in itself. Look after yes, yourself. Yes, it is. Right? I am proud. Yeah. yeah. Take care, yeah. take care. Mind Thank yourself. you very much, Neil. Okay, uh, morning. I myself sleep in a car. I work full time. I can't afford private rent. I sleep in my car and go to work from there. The council tell me there's nothing they can do for me. I'm a single man with a one-year-old child who lives with his mother, who lives in our family home, which is overcrowded. No, sir, I'm not racist. I'd like to see other cultures in our society, but people have had enough now, including myself, see all of the newly built houses and buildings turned into accommodation for asylum seekers, which we know nothing about. Most of them, well, I don't know about most of them. Texter says most of them are middle-aged men and nothing has been done for the people of Ireland. We have no accommodation. We struggle to feed ourselves and people can't heat their homes. I find this beyond upsetting, says Alan, who sleeps in his car and works full time. Text 0868 104 106. song, isn't it? Certainly is, Bing. And we have Christmas trees to give away to Martina Barry in Glanmire. She was caller tree and caller 33, Louise Rohu from Waterfalls. So congratulations to your Kiernan's Garden Centre in Douglas Court Shopping Centre. Check them out for your Christmas tree. A lot of people will be buying them this weekend. Meanwhile, final bunch of shout-outs courtesy of ourselves and Free Food Friday for Roosters, Piri Piri, and Blackpool and Douglas. Uh, AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower, Murview Laboratories and Watergrass Hill are listening. Redcliffe Family Hub Emergency Accommodation of 14 families there with kids and they'd love food. Thank you, Sarah, just for getting in touch. Brothers of Charity, Daycare, Al Connor listening. Bronx with the Hepburn Professional Crew at the Two Mile Inn, slaving away. Uh, everybody at All Care Pharmacy and Turner's Cross, Glen Heights Pharmacy as well. Sarah, Susan, Sally, Stephen, Sim- Simon, Simone, Sonny, Sonita, and Santa. 
All S's. So you're telling me that everybody in Glen Heights Pharmacy's name starts with an S. You only get the job if your Christian name starts with an S. Donovan Auto Services in Upper Glanmire. O'Leary O'Sullivan Development in Knockraha. The Clothes Horse Dry Cleaners and also Little Treasures Crescent and Carrick Tool in Castle Martyr. FTC Accountants in Wellington Road. Power Aggregates Carrick Tool. Porters at the South Infirmary. NMB Salon in Fermoy, uh, who were nominated for the Five Star Salon of the Year. National Seaways in the Port of Cork. Scannells Pharmacy in Ballinine. Just another few. Customer Services Desk at, Mar- at Mahan Point. Uh, SR Technics in Mahan, Wesley and Mossy in Callergas and Tivoli with Love a Munch, All Star Car Sales and Valeting at the airport, Ross Oils and Fernandes, McKechnie Dry Cleaning Service. Now that's a company that have been around for a long, long time. They say we have to drive through the tunnel every day so we deserve a few chips. Drina National School, uh, we're preparing for their production of The Wizard of Oz. Fifth Avenue, Oliver Plunkett Street, are listening as well. And the final few, Leisure World in Churchfield, Alan Bailey. Uh, Carpentry, Desi's Tires and Vickers Road and everybody at Smurfit Kappa, Kappa and Palladuff Road who listen every week. So well done to all of you. We'll pick a winner after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818-104-106. Okay, time to go. Just a bit of housekeeping here. Please give a big shout out for the fill of the big bus that's full of food for the food appeal for Cork Penny Dinners at the Bus Shelter and Douglas Court Shopping Centre. It's there till half past three says Fiona at Bus Erin. So if you want to help all of it going to Cork Penny Dinners, they'll be filling a bus with food until half past three at Douglas Court today. Can I also mention uh, that there's a big coffee morning on this Sunday morning, half nine to two o'clock in aid of Marymount Hospice. There'll be Christmas cakes there and puddings and spin the wheel and Santa be there and there's a children's corner of the lot and that's at uh, Ballinlock Community Centre, half nine to two o'clock on Sunday in aid of Marymount. And every single year, Bobby and the staff from C Secrets on Leitrim Street send me a thousand euro worth of vouchers for Singleton's Super Value in Hollyhill. They do it every year without exception and they did it again this year so thank you to Bobby and everybody at Secrets they are 50 euro gift vouchers for Singleton Super Value in Holly Hill and all they say to me is them give them to people leading up to Christmas who you think might need them most so I want to say thank you to Bobby and the gang at Secrets again for giving me another 1000 euro worth of vouchers which we will pass on to people over the coming weeks last bit of business now lines are open for the Skechers Cork Opera House Panto pick up the phone 0818104106 family pass for Tuesday, December 20th to give away. Phone lines are open. The Panto is Sleeping Beauty. But free food Friday for this week. Will we or won't we give it to Watson Marlowe in Blackpool? Let us find out and say good morning to Orla. Good morning. Morning, Neil. What, yeah. what the heck is it that you guys do there, Watson Marlowe? Um, we make uh, fluid pots for the pharmaceutical industry. Right. And what do you do for fun out there when you're making those kind of things? We just chat, I suppose. <laughs> you already make like pumps and hoses and tubes and things? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's basically it. We all need those in our lives, don't we? Pumps <laughs> and hoses and tubes. <laughs> we sure do. As I get older, I need a few new tube parts myself <laughs> internally. But anyway, you're hungry. We're starving, Neil. How many of you are there? There's 14 of us all oh, together. Excellent. Well, it'll feed a little more like than 14. So get some neighbours in if you win. I need the biggest shout out. Absolutely the best you can do. So in your own time. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I could hardly hear that. It must be the phone or something. Are you on speaker? Yeah, we're on speaker because we're in the clean room. Take it off the speaker so and just hold it up and give me a big Friday cheer. 
One, two, three. That's the kind of what I'm talking about. Well done. Have a great weekend. Food's on the way, Orla. Thanks for listening. That's Cheers. great, Neil. Thanks a million. Bye. Bye. Roosters Bye. Piri Piri will feed 15 or 20 of you, so have a great big Friday munch. Lines will stay open, lads. Text 0868104106. Everything I didn't get to this morning, we'll pick it up on Monday. Thanks for being involved. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.